Hi, this is Rob Schneider, and you're on. You're listening to Below the Belt. You can do it. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. right guys it's time for another episode of btb below the belt show in the house i'm your host al soto aka celebrity soto your host with the most little under the weather but i couldn't pass up on this incredible opportunity to have the first ever all filipino panel on below the belt show (laughs) (laughs) and let's go ahead without further ado and introduce the rest of the panel starting with a familiar face and voice Actress extraordinaire, voiceover artist extraordinaire, the one only Allie Dash. Yay, glad to be back two weeks in a row. You are, I love it. Allie, you're a part of John Huerta's uh, interview last week from This Is Us because you're a big This Is Us fan, so we had to have you on. And I had to reach out again for the Filipino panel. (laughs) And of course, that's right. She is back by popular demand, guys. Actress, filmmaker, producer, director, the list goes on and on. Educator, am I missing any other monikers? Oh, God, I don't know. Something <laughs> <laughs> needs more sleeper. <laughs> She's That's the everybody. one and only Alexis Barone. Alexis, good to have you on. BTB Flipside. <laughs> And last but certainly not least, guys, first time on Below the Belt Show. However, I've known this guy for quite a minute. Fellow Filipino in the house, fellow Screen Actors Guild member. We actually uh, collaborated at New York Comic Con back in 2018. He is the host of the Show Pal Show. He is the founder of Nerds of Color. He's the one and only Patrick Strange. Uh, what's up? What's up? What's up? Not a founder of Nerds of Color, but definitely been uh, with Thank Nerds of Color for about seven years. Uh, part of the family. Uh, part of the but, family. Thank but you. But yeah, uh, recently uh, you could say I founded Show Pal Show. That's our first Filipino podcast uh, for the Nerds of Color. So uh, yeah, uh, Show Pal Show. What's up? What's up? Babinka boys in the house. Adobo bro. Sina gang gang. I am P.I.P. <laughs> Oh, that's what I had for dinner tonight. I actually hey, had Kitty you know Gong for dinner. You know what's good? Uh, really? I should have been at your house then tonight. I know. My <laughs> husband makes me Filipino food like every week. It's the hey, best. Love and it. Also, uh, of course, um, 
new release Wednesday uh, as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I run new release Wednesday as well. That's kind of like our more expansive pop culture show with Nerds of Color being our POC-specific type show, highlighting us and our representation within the pop culture. And Oh, and Team Koslov, my, my charity cosplay group that I run. Oh, yes. with, uh, entertain at schools and hospitals, uh, you know, showing love. But, uh, yeah, busy man, much like everybody else. You know, just trying to put in work. That's what we do. As Pinoy, that's what we do. We're about our we're about our Kababayan. We're about our people serving the community. It's for the culture, for the community. That's what we're all about. It's what we do as people. So, you know, gotta stay busy. No doubt, no doubt. Patrick, it's good to have you on Below the Belt Show. The Thank you. Finger infinite wisdom of pop culture. Salamat po, brother. <laughs> to BTV. And of course, our special celebrity guest later in the program is also Filipino. He's on a new Netflix Christmas movie called Operation Christmas Drop, which stars Kat Graham, which you might know from Vampire Diaries, and Alexandra Ludwig. Um, he also uh, was in the recent season of The 100 on CW, which is also on Netflix. Javier de Guzman will be on Below the Belt show, uh, courtesy of our good friend Ashley Buck of ADB Publicity. So we are happy uh, to have Javier on the program, guys. Um, so, Patrick, tell, tell us a little bit about this show pal show. First of all, it's kind of making me hungry, man. You know, <laughs> well, show definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's what I kind of I, I hooked people in with our trailer and our opening intro was kind of showing uh, like, you know, uh, before we get to work, we got to eat. You know what I'm saying? It's all about community, getting that food. And then then we serve the people with what we're trying to bring to them. But uh, uh, show pal show is a show that I've been uh, wanting to do ever since I got into the entertainment industry. You know, when I'm sure like all of us can echo, uh, we don't have that representation. There's a lot of us behind the scenes. There's a lot of us uh, creating and then you'll see a couple of us here and there, but we really don't get a full blown story really told about us. It's been, you know, we get sporadic films here and there. Uh, a great one that you should check out for anybody watching and, and for right now that's playing in theaters is Yellow Rose. That's I think I think Yellow Rose is the first widely distributed Filipino American film uh carried by an american studio and oh, wow. uh, so shout out to them uh diana paragas and evelyn noblezada uh writer and star uh writer director and star uh, for that project great film uh but yeah we you know just having been in the entertainment industry since 96 i've been doing it for a long time i'm an old head you know it's just uh mm -hmm. you know it's it's that lack of representation uh, so once I like kind of got my feet wet, uh, started building a network, I'm like, you know what? I want to do something for my people to highlight how we've been doing it and that we're here. We are making those inroads. And then it came to evolve into just not entertainment industry, meeting so many of us that are killing it in various industries, whether it be fashion, music, um, you know, and just with the COVID time hitting this year. Uh, and kind of having to push back and concentrate on other things. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time. You know, now of any time. It looks like it's the apocalypse going down, you know? So it really feels I'm in the like apocalypse. It. I think now's the time. Like, who yeah. knows if there's going to be another day, another year, you know? So uh spoke with my cats at the uh, the Nerds of Color. I was like, yo, let's roll this out. And they've been waiting and, and salivating for it. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And uh, just kind of made it happen. And with it, with you know like what we're doing right now with us being able to communicate via skype or with via zoom or uh microsoft meetings i was like you know what it was easy to just schedule people weren't really doing much so 
um, was able to book a lot of the connections that I had made. Although there's a couple people because I waited too long. Like I had like a laundry list of people that I wanted per episode, uh, yeah. like hit makers, you know, but, uh, you know, they'll come in the, and actually one cat who was going to be the first episode guest, uh, because I put it off too late, he wasn't able to do it. He's now, hey man, I see what you're doing. I, I think I can find the time. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. There so you go. He, I gotta put him on the list now. But um, it's been beautiful, man, and just the community uh, support has been there, and it's now just kind of building up, you know, the followers on Twitter and Instagram. So follow at Showpal Show S H O P O. Awesome. S H O Showpal Show. Oh, S S H O P O W S H O. I know it's yes. not spelled correctly. Because if you are a true Filipino, because I've been hit, get all my Filipinos like I yourself, you're like, show. Yo, yo, P, you're not spelling show pal show wrong. <laughs> I, I know. I was like, I know. But again, this entertainment, you know, it's a play off of that. It's a show. Right. So I'm not going to spell it. The, Showtime can get away with it. You know? We can't do it. Showtime is spelled without a W, right? You know. Exactly. So right. is hey, it? Give me a break. <laughs> But uh, it's just been beautiful, and uh, I, uh, as I said to some of you all earlier, and now that Ali's on with us now, I'd love to have y'all individually. I've already, you know, set up a schedule for you to come on, Al, uh, yep. and and, and the we'll and, be out uh, of the woods by then, else. I'd love man. to have you on as well. Uh, so we'll set up those times, and uh, you know, I want to talk about you guys. You know, we're all trying to make it in this industry. We all have our own stories to tell. We have our successes, our struggles. Let's tell it, and let's inspire the other generation that's coming up. Uh, so that they know that they can do it as well. And so it's just a, been a beautiful thing. And I, you know, it's all about my people. It's all about our culture. And uh, it's all about inspiration. It. And so. all the awesome. support that Filipinos have for one another. And uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Alexis, I wanted to also talk about your project. Yeah, I know sure. That's, uh, something very, very important as well. Yeah, it is. Um, so I started recently working on really tackling the development of my oh look all y'all are drink, drinking things right now they're like oh god thank god i can see that <laughs> i'm gonna talk um but i'm working on the development of a essentially it's a reality show um about cross-cultural americans so people who were born and uh raised in another country for a little while or, or possibly first generation um americans who have really strong cultural roots in not just the American culture, but in another one. And I find that we, there's so many of us that have these stories and by us, I mean, actually not me. It just feels like, because I've been so ingrained in this for so long, I feel like I, I understand it. Um, in fact, a, a big part of the reason why I had the inspiration for it was mm -hmm. because in 2018, I went to Belarus with my fiance to visit his family. And I don't know if y'all know about Belarus. Does anybody here actually know where Belarus is? It's like near Russia, so, you know, uh, yeah, Asia, um, northern saying Asia. Saying your name Europe. actually activated the Alexa in my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! That's hilarious. All right, where is it? I gotta, I gotta go shank this Alexa. Like, I'm so done with this freaking Amazon Alexa. <sighs> Y'all don't even know. Anyway. Okay, Siri, shush. Um, but anyway, so um, Belarus, anyway. Yes, Belarus, you're correct, uh, Patrick. Belarus is right next to Russia and Poland. It's smack, it is basically Central Europe. Yeah. Um, but when in 2018, I took a trip with my fiance, Vlad, to Belarus to meet his family, like at least the half that was still over there. And then from there, we went to Moscow and Russia. And I had a ton of people ask me, they're like, are you gonna be safe over there? Like, are you okay? And I was like, all right, this is not the 70s, it's not the Cold War anymore. I need y'all to just take a hot step back. And when I was there, I was like, 
I was just, I was in Red Square, freaking St. Basil's Cathedral is right beside me. And I was just surrounded by music and people and the smell of food and just, you know, Russian everywhere and another language. And I was just a, a fish out of water and it felt so good to be proven wrong. Like, even though I was so open to it and even though my fiance's family has that cultural background and like I've been around it enough and I even spoke the language, you know, I speak a little Russian. I was like, I still had to go there for that moment to click and kind of be like, oh, this makes sense. Like this, I really understand you now. Like anytime I talk to people who are from that area of the world, I'm like, I understand because I've been there, you know? So that's kind of where the show really, really has its like its roots. Um, and that's really the inspiration for it. So I just had a couple of interviews today with some Portuguese Americans. So I'm really excited to just start, you know, pound the pavement on research and building a sizzle reel to pitch to production companies. So yeah, it's, it's coming right along. So if you want to, if you have a story to share with me, I'm your girl. I will figure out a way to get you information. I love it. You have to <laughs> awesome. post it with, with the progress of that project. That sounds really exciting. And, and Allie, you just threw a cool bombshell um, yes. about your cousin has actually fought our celebrity guest, Javier, in a tournament, yes. a Muay Thai tournament. What? Oh yes. my God. <laughs> so I was looking at um, his IMDb page. And so my cousin Benson, he's a, um, he's a Muay Thai fighter. I'm, I'm not, probably not saying, did I say that right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, it's um, amazing. But he's a, he's a champion and now he's a an instructor there um, in Toronto. And when I saw that Javier, that he was a champion as well, I Google searched their names and they fought each other in uh, 2009, right? In, in yes, 2009, wow. uh, lightweight final, and he beat my cousin. <laughs> um, but I sent my cousin a message um, to see. He hasn't written me back yet, but I'm sure he remembers him. Um, but yeah, it's cr like crazy small world that they actually. Because um, my whole uh, mom's side of the family is in Canada in Toronto, so just such a small world. That is such a small Holy world. Holy crap! That's amazing. Wow. That is really cool. And Dude, Alexis, Muay Thai fighters are no joke. And and Alexis, that's actually the concept of your your, your uh, short film project, right? Lions yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. Um, we're finishing it very soon, so 2021. Um, okay. Yeah, but it's it has that element in it. I kind of took a spin on the typical, you know, martial arts mentor and student film. I kind of flipped it on its head a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that is the concept is that is that camaraderie that comes with being a martial artist. So yeah, thanks for remembering awesome. that. It's my cousin Benson here who fought Javier. Oh, there he is. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to screw with him. He looks like a badass. <laughs> I'm good. I'll just be like, <laughs> no. Filipinos are some good, damn good fighters, let me tell you. <laughs> I didn't get those jeans. I didn't get the fighting jeans. I didn't get the karaoke. Like, I can't sing. I can't dance. Were you about to say the karaoke jean? I, 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 I mean, I like karaoke, but I can't sing. <laughs> like, all my cousins are, like, always, like, they all can sing and dance. That's true. Most Filipinos my can sing. My grandmother loves karaoke. My grandmother loves karaoke. That's awesome. Which you are <laughs> yeah. acting, and you know that's what we do as well. So you got you got some of it there, girl. That's yeah, it's a lot of talent going on. All right, well, um, let's go into our next segment, guys. We're going to talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. Um, let's just start with some st stuff going on in the world of film. Uh, the number one movie. Can you believe people are still going to movie theaters despite some theaters getting closed down because of spikes of COVID? 
number one movie is called Let Him Go, which is, uh, stars uh, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, who are grandparents who race from their Montana ranch to rescue their young grandson from a dangerous family in the Dakotas. So, uh, got 77% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Come Play, the number two movie, followed by The War with Grandpa with Robert De Niro, the number three. Honest Thief, number four movie. And can you believe Tenet is still in the top five? I cannot. I mean, part of me can, but I'm also like, how the hell is this still running? Like, how is anything running right now? Actually, I haven't seen a movie since 2019. Yeah, 2019 was the last time I went to the movie theaters. So yeah, you are you are you holding off post vaccine for the movie for theaters? Mo- yeah, that is completely wise. I, I'll I, go to like premieres and stuff, stuff that like it has a very specific guest list and like amount of humans that are allowed in. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to support friends, but like, no. I can't even recall. I I I want to say it. It's been since 2019, but then I want to say, uh, like, when did we start shutting like down, shutting down like around March? I think I think I might yeah. have got yes, some like March. January, February type films. Bloodshot. Uh, but since then, movie. I've been doing a lot of virtual screeners, uh, you know, you uh, with, the, with the press yeah. stuff. So I actually right before this saw Come Away uh, with Angelina Jolie and David Oluweo, which was a yeah, really was dope that? film. So once that drops, y'all should check that out. It's kind of like a. Uh, Alice in Wonderland mashup with Peter Pan in London um, and these characters are like, it's, it's a really sweet movie. Uh, check that out. Uh, just got to watch. Cool. That's awesome. That's the one with Alice and Peter, their brother and sister. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh, that looks yes. So Angelina good. Jolie, David Oluweo and the Peter and Alice are yeah, their brother and sisters. It's really cool how they kind of intertwine the stories of both characters. That's right. awesome. I'll be honest with you. Really it's really good. nice to, it's really nice to have like women who aren't like, you know, 25 being still leading women frankly <laughs> you know like yeah. i know that sounds weird but like angelina jolie she's not a spring chicken but she's still working <laughs> like, you know, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? that's what i'm saying like that's what i'm saying i'm like that's what i mean where's my cane <laughs> where's, my, where's, my, where's my wine no. where's my wine? <laughs> well big movie news with fantastic beast three guys as you know it's now set to debut on july 15 2022 Okay. But as you know, Johnny Depp will no longer portray, portray Grindelwald in the film franchise after losing his libel case against the son, a British tabloid, alleging he was a wife beater. Johnny Depp um, respected the studio's decision from, uh, and stepped down. And now they have to cast uh, Grindelwald. What are you guys' thoughts on this? On the drama or on the casting? Well, the casting, um, they actually just are negotiating with Mads Mikkelsen um, oh. to take take on the role of Grindelwald. And Allie, I know you're a big Harry Potter, Fantastic Beast fan. I um, Does it disappoint you that Johnny Depp will no longer be in, in the franchise? I'm, I kind of like, I'm not just, I'm not completely... Uh, caught up on the entire case but i've seen like so many conflicting things like things that amber had done as well and so i'm not quite sure how i feel not knowing all of the pieces he maintains his innocence and he does not want this uh you know this uh, incident to uh to define 
define his life and career, basically. But uh, um, I think Mads Mikkelsen is a it's a it's a good uh replacement if they decide to go for Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, he's a very good actor. Already, already proved in his acting ability. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have a different actor play the same character, it loses a little bit of its luster, you know. Sometimes almost maybe just get rid of the character, but that wasn't in the cards. In the case of Grindelwald, he's a very big part of the story. Right. But <laughs> but the second the second Fantastic Beast in itself, I was really disappointed in. Like I loved the first one. The first one was fantastic, um, but I was actually kind right, of yeah. disappointed in the second one. So I've haven't been as excited for the third one. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see what they decide to do uh, with Grindelwald's, but we'll have to wait till July of 2021. Also, the Jordan Peele horror, horror event movie um, is going to be released on July 22nd, 2022. Jordan Peele, as you know, he's a master of horror. Get out, us. I mean, he's, he's, he's found his niche. He's found his niche, and I cannot wait for this untitled Jordan Peele horror event movie to be released. Um, for your Spider-Man fans, Tom Holland, uh, uh, shared his first photo on set of Spider-Man three. Is he allowed to do that? Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> He's notorious for dropping spoilers. <laughs> I'm about to Google that. Cause I missed that. And I you know, know, as you can see by my background, I'm a Spider-Man fan. There you go. Exactly. I'm an Iron Man fan. He actually wore. An N95 oh, I love it. He's mask. wearing a mask. An N95 mask. Yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> adorable. Spider-Man mask. <laughs> all right. Yep. Blue, screen, blue screen photos are all right. I'm sure like PR had to be like, nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> so look out for the third film for um, December 17, 2021. Um, I'm still waiting for Tom Holland's film, Chaos Walking. I've been waiting uh, for that one for like several years now. <laughs> um, a Quiet Place is uh, going to do a spinoff movie. So they already have a sequel that's going to be released next year. But they're, now they're going to have a new movie set in the world of A Quiet Place. Um, also um, helmed by Jeff um, Nichols and produced by John Krasinski as well. Um, oh, wow. A Quiet Pace was definitely very, um, very unique. Uh, and then I saw Bird Box. I'm like, wow, these <laughs> movies are very similar. But um, the, the Quiet Place sequel um, has um, a theatrical release of April 2021, Quiet Place Part 2. So hopefully hopefully that will be just as scary and, and wild as the first one because that was an crazy... That was an incredible film. Um, the Scorpion King. Can you believe it's going to get um, a reboot? I don't know if this is a movie worthy of a reboot, guys. I don't know. Uh, I've never uh, seen the first one. <laughs> Honestly, neither have I. But I've yeah, the first one was the not, best one. I saw enough of that. it that I was like. Mm. It was Dwayne Dwayne Johnson's first starring role. Yeah. And um, supposedly he's not going to play the Scorpion King this time. I wouldn't. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is way the hell too busy to deal with the Scorpion King reboot. He will appear in a film, but he won't be reprising his character. 
he'll just be in the background somewhere. You'll know who he is because it's <laughs> it's the rock, but like he's just gonna be in the background somewhere. Yeah. But I mean, like that'll be twenty five thousand dollars thing. Um wow, Bruce Will's still at it, guys. He's got a new sci fi film in his arsenal. Um it's called Apex. Uh, he shot this in Victoria, Canada. Tells the story of five elite hunters who pay to hunt down a man on a deserted island. Each of them begins to fall as their prey fights back with mind games, traps, and a determination to survive they uh, have never witnessed before. Wow. When does um, that come out? No release date just yet. Uh, uh, so that, that sounds like was, a dope that, film. <laughs> How about this one? Chris Pratt and Wu Jing. This is a universal, <laughs> a universal Pictures remake of Saigon Bodyguards based on a Vietnamese action comedy of the same name. Centered on two professional bodyguards who let their most important asset slip away. So, um, yeah. I mean, you got Star-Lord um, heading uh, this film. So, uh, I, think you're, uh, I think they're in good hands. I mean, Peter Quill and uh, has already proven his action star worthiness. <laughs> um, Jake Gyllenhaal how has. Do you guys, how do you guys? I mean, I've never seen. I didn't. They made it. Looks like they looked like they made it in 2016 as well, right? Like they made that in 2016. Yes. Um, but also, like, interested to read more about the plot before I go run in my mouth. But part of me is kind of like, but what about the Vietnamese actors of the world? Yeah, Since the we're original... all literally a Filipino panel right now, being like. <laughs> I don't know anything about, again, I don't know anything about the film. I'm just like, yeah. Saigon, that's not in China. <laughs> or America. Yeah, you're right, though. The original 2016 film um, that was that was centered on two uh, professional bodyguards. Yep. That was four years ago. That was four oh, years wow. ago! <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, um, continue on forward, sir. <laughs> I did not keep talking about things. Mike, Michael Bay has a... Um, action thriller called Ambulance starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Plot details tightly under wraps. So we know nothing about this movie other than it comes, it's uh, planning to shoot in early 2021. I wonder why they do that. I wonder if they do that just because they're like, because it's that good or if they don't want to put pressure on something until their marketing team knows how to like do something like, I feel like when you're at that level and, and everyone knows everything about like what you're making and what you're doing all the time, it must kind of suck to be like, yes, this film's coming out in 2021. I wish I just had time to just do what I wanted to as a director or actor. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if that's part of the reason why they keep it under wraps. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's Star Wars or anything, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. In which case, that's it's when like, they have I need to, that tomorrow. Or Marvel, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, it is Michael Bay, so. You know, true. He's Mr. Very true. <laughs> um, more movies as the whole uh, American film market is happening. So there's a lot of big movie news coming up. Hunger Games star Josh Hutcherson and Sabrina Impacchiatore have uh, joined Lee Shriver in a movie adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's Across the River and Into the Trees. 
now pre-production in Italy. So that's a pretty good cast attached for that one. Also, they're not shooting that this year, right? <laughs> they're not. Sh- they're shooting it in Italy, and I guess I think the Italy. If it's in pre-production in Italy, I think Italy is now considered uh, in um, low zone. cases of COVID. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Obviously, months ago, that wasn't the case. But um, it seems like a lot of American films are being shot um, in Europe as the uh, COVID cases uh, keep surging all over the U.S. Sadly, mm-hmm. that's the way it is right now, guys. Um. Another movie news, Ethan Hawke, Christina Cheriak, Phil Nielsen will star in upcoming war thriller Zeros and Ones. This one also uh, begins uh, filming in Italy, see? Hawke will play an American soldier stationed in Rome as is under siege with the Vatican blown up. He embarks on a hero's journey to uncover and defend against an unknown enemy threatening the entire world. Another movie in Italy, guys. There it is. Bless. Italy is popping. Yeah. <laughs> Italy is beautiful. I bet beautiful. you have something to do with. Live there. Oh. You used to live in Italy? There? Yeah, I used to That's live in awesome. uh, Siganella, Sicily. Why did you come back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a military child. I, you know, I kind of grew up all over the world. Four years I here, four that. years there. Yeah. Lived there for four years. It was very beautiful. Oh, yeah. how awesome. cool. Did you learn, I'd uh, love to go to Italy. Did you pick up any of the Italian language? I actually, at the, it was at it was at the point that I was living in Italy where I was, you know, I was a kid. I was learning English at the time, learning Tagalog at the time, and then we had like Spanish neighbors. And it was it, it, this is actually this is a crazy story because again, like my mom is uh, teaching me Tagalog, my dad's English, and then we, you know, grew up in Sicily. We lived out, out we didn't, we lived off base, and then we had like Spanish neighbors. But oh, this is the moment when my parents stopped teaching me Tagalog. Which I still am mad at my mom to this day because, you know, <laughs> when you're a kid, that's the best time to learn. And yeah, right. because she, she said I was confusing my words. And because of me confusing my words, she stopped teaching me. And that's why I hold a grudge to this day. Uh, yes, but same uh, with me. My, my mom. mom did the same thing. She was like, oh, I tried to teach you, but you would yell at me and be like, no, too big, water. And she's like, oh, so I stopped teaching you. And I was like, mom, like, oh. You like, feel I'm me. <laughs> so mad at my mom for not continuing. I know. Yep. Same yep. here as well. So I think. Yeah, it happened in Sicily. Beautiful place, but that was the moment my mom stopped teaching me. And I'm still <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> my dad never wanted to learn, so my grandma never taught him, and it's very difficult to do yeah. language lessons via Skype. I'll be straight. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Other movie stuff going on, guys. Zach Efron. It's going to star in a survivor thriller called Gold. Okay, interesting. When two strangers traveling through a desert stumble across the biggest gold nugget ever found. They dream of immense wealth and greed takes hold. They hatch a plan to uh, protect and excavate their bounty with one man leaving secure the necessary equipment. Okay. I can imagine Jack Efron doing this type of film, actually. But he's... <laughs> He's this this one, yeah. But I'll tell you, um, the movie that he really surprised me in was the extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Um, oh, I, I, yeah, I remember Ted that. Bundy, and uh, I really took his acting seriously. Mm-hmm. Really impressed me. Um, take the take on a role like that, I was really impressed. That's for sure. 
Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal has a uh, star-studded drama called The Lost Daughter. Um, Ed Harris also stars Oliver Jackson Cohen from Haunting Hill House are also a part of the film. Um, That's another film um, to check out. Um, And Adrian Brody and Vera Farmiga starring an independent mystery thriller a salamander lives twice. Mm. Um, it's an interesting title. Yeah, when's Brody? the last time we've seen Adrian Brody do a film too? It's, I don't right? think I've heard his name in a while. Dude, I literally you know? cannot think of that yeah. moment. He, he was used like, to be like the it guy for a bit, and now right, yeah, I can't remember him doing anything for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's good to hear his name again, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll portray a, a man with an impenet- impenetrable briefcase. And no memory who was found on the shoreline of a remote island by a woman and her daughter. Played okay, by so Loki sounds like the beginning of Inception. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan of Fifty Shades are doing um, an Irish romance um, film called Wild Mountain Thyme. Um, and you can check that out on a trailer just dropped for that. Christopher Walken is in it as well. John Hamm is in it. Um, so an all-star cast for a uh, a nice Irish romance movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, so there's a co- uh, positive COVID uh, case on the movie Don't Worry Darling. This is Olivia Wilde's. Um, she's directing this film. Stars Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, and Harry Styles. It's been yeah. filming in L.A., um, so, so wow. unfortunately production has to be on hold 14 days in line with standard quarantine protocols. So sadly, this is not the first time this has happened. Jurassic World's another film that had to pause production. The Batman shooting in England when Rob Pattinson got COVID-19 that had to actually be put on pause for, it's uh, the sad reality of how things are right now, guys. But you have to appreciate what the union's doing with the yes. testing. Yes. Testing. Yes. Isolations. Doing everything. I honestly like love having worked on a feature film recently, and I might be doing another one next month. Um, Good. Where SAG actors are involved. And because we got tested every other day. And I think I, I said this on the last BTV show, but like we had a positive test um, over the weekend and, you know, I'm, mm. I'm on the directing team. Oh. So I was like, guys, I need to send out these call sheets. They're like, hold on. Found out they got a positive COVID test. So we shut down for a few days to make sure that it was positive and wasn't a false positive. And it was a false positive. So we resumed. Uh, but again, wow. knowing that was just great. You know, but working yeah. with, frankly, working with SAG actors, because I don't know what the other union policies are for Friatsi or Teamsters or, or DGA or anything, but like, Ida, they're hardcore, so we have <laughs> to be safe. It's nice. Yeah. It feels good. Uh, Denai Guerrero, we all love her as Michonne from Walking Dead. She's going to be starring in a political movie, uh, playing politician Shirley Chisholm. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's yeah, all about yeah. Chisholm's 1972, 1972 presidential run. Uh, and it's called that The Fighting awesome. Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman to be elected to Congress in 1968. That's um, awesome. And cool. um, 
we of course we didn't know last week, but of course history has been made with the first black and South Asian vice president and first woman vice president <laughs> Kamala Harris and we have a glimmer of hope now, people. Yes. <laughs> she says it's not the not it's the last hard. woman in the White House. So congratulations to President elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, VP. And we have a first or sorry, a second gentleman. Oh yeah. yeah her husband's yeah, now the yeah. first second yeah. gentleman. <laughs> so that's another first. So mm-hmm. lots of firsts going on, guys. Wow, these two cannot stop working with each other. Shailene William Woodley and Miles Teller. Um, oh they're going to be in a satirical film called The Fence about neighbors on both sides of the Democratic and Republican divide. So Miles and Shailene will be playing a couple. They're the newlywed liberal couple, and they move next to a ultra-conservative neighbor and ex-Marine Played by William Hurt. And uh, interesting, because they, they've been in the Divergent movies together. Um, They're also in, um, what was that movie called? It's like on the tip of my tongue. What's that You're movie? Right. It's, it's based on the Stars thing or whatever, right? No, not that one. She was actually, she the did a movie. Now? No, yes, The Spectacular Now. Yeah, yes. There you go. And then The Fault in Our Stars, all, so all three... Um, she played love interest with like all three guys on in Divergent who played right. other roles. Right, right. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy. I guess if they 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 see uh, chemistry, they stick with it, right? Yay. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. Whenever I cast shit, I'm like, yeah, I like how you two work. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, there's a new movie called American Soul, stars Pete Davidson of Saturn Live. O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's kid, and Camila Mendez of Riverdale. And also joining the cast in his acting debut is hip hop star Offset. So, um, yeah. It's about the sneaker resale industry in the U.S. And it follows Davidson and Jackson with mountains of college debt who use fast cash of aftermarket sneaker reselling. To achieve their American dream, <laughs> I tell you this: this Pete Davidson has been on a roll, man. He really has. Like, I gotta give give him props. I mean, and I think last week we talked that he's gonna be in actually a serious war movie. Yeah. And I'm just trying to picture that <laughs> Pete Davidson. A, After seeing him on SNL for so long. Seeing SNL, he played Count Chocula on a skit last week. Oh lord. <laughs> I don't oh, yeah, know how that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's going to be a Frozen reunion with Krista, Kristen Bell and Jonathan Groff, and a musical film called Molly and the Moon. Mm-hmm. It's from the creators of How I Met Your Mother. Um, mm-hmm. So it will be a live-action musical comedy. So cool. yeah, so three Frozen fans. I guess it's that chemistry again, you know, bringing the same actors together. Uh, Bell and Groff play a couple who are expecting a child. And sing to their unborn baby in the womb. Okay. (laughs) Sounds interesting. Interesting. And we we also have a couple animated films. Um, There's a film called Fireheart. It's a musical animated feature about a young girl who aspires to be a firefighter in in New York in the 1920s. 
Olivia Cook, Laurie Holden, Kenneth Branagh, and William Shatner have joined the voice cast for this one. And um, Leah Lewis, who's on Nancy Drew and CW, and Netflix is the half of it, join, is joining the voice cast of The Tiger's Apprentice, Paramount's mm-hmm. adaptation of the best-selling children's book. Some great Asian actors are part of this. Henry Golding, Sandra Oh, Michelle Yeoh. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, this is this is a uh, this is great great news to hear, um, and of course great for another platform for Asian Asian American actors. You know, that Henry Golding guy is killing. Alexandra Oh is killing it too. My gosh. Um, let's move on to Disney Plus stuff, guys. Mandalorian fans. Oh yeah. I finally watched the the first episode. We're gonna watch the second episode okay. tomorrow. Oh, I have okay. zero money to spend on things right now, so I am out of this part. Well, if you don't <laughs> mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about the second episode. Are there any big spoilers? Like the first well, episode you know what? or not as much. <laughs> so the first the first episode is all about the crate dragon. The second good. episode is all about a giant spider. <laughs> oh, okay. We're talking about gigantic leviathan-type beasts that are pretty much the center of <laughs> of the episode. Um, it was kind of like I Tremors. Lo- Tremors? That, that first episode, that first yeah. first episode really felt like Tremors, man. It really, really did. Yeah. It had that Western vibe. Um, yeah. Played by Tommy the Elephant. The second episode, we got treated to... <laughs> a really charming alien creature, uh, a frog lady, who um, was carrying her eggs, and apparently she hopped in Mando's ship to go to the planet of Trask because the frog lady says that she's seen other Mandalorians. And uh, what's the crazy funny part about that episode is Baby Yoda couldn't keep his little tiny hands out of the, the jar of eggs and was eating the frog Newborns. lady's eggs. <laughs> I love baby Yoda. He's the cutest. Yeah. I, I kind of felt bad for the, the frog lady's eggs though. You know, those are her, her children <laughs> supposedly that, you know, <laughs> that he, but luckily he didn't eat all the eggs. <laughs> baby yeah, Yoda. If you have arachnophobia, this was not your episode. <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Um, Baby Yoda was responsible, in a way, for that <laughs> army, <laughs> I guess, of spiders. Um, after he ate a spider egg, awoke all the other eggs and the giant spider mother, um, oh, and no. then um, attacked... Um, Mando and the Frog Lady until they were able to get some assistance from uh, the Rebels. And, and a highlight of that, if you're a fan of uh, Kim's Convenience, one of the Rebel pilots yes. uh, was Appa uh, in great little cameo that I thought was just going to be at that beginning part of the of the episode. But he comes back towards the end and uh, hopefully he'll be a reoccurring character. Uh, so if, yeah, if you're a fan of Kim's Convenience and love Appa, lo- love the cameo and just Asian representation again, which I was like, I'm all about. So hey, you know. And he's a huge, he's a super fan of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. That's oh, and awesome. a- FYI, which I learned when we did our review for New uh, New Release Wednesday, 
the other pilot is apparently Dave Filoni, who has been yep. involved with uh, Star Wars for a long time. Uh, I think he was a writer on The Rebels. I really didn't watch The Rebels animated Star Wars series. That's right. But, uh, a longtime member of uh, the Star Wars franchise that finally got in front of the camera. So that was kind of cool to see him uh, play a part uh, in the live action uh, with with Ma- Mandalorian. So pretty yeah. dope. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that like John Favreau is like a huge Star Wars fan. I feel like that's why The Mandalorian that's why it's is so, so good. good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dave Filoni and John Favreau are mm-hmm. fans, first and foremost fans of the franchise. And mm-hmm. they're a team and they're working together on this uh, amazing amazing series on Disney Plus guys. So um but yes, it was it was such a fun episode. It was, you know, I still think the first episode of season two was the stronger of the two. This is kind of like a self-contained side mission. But yep. I'm really looking forward to this Friday's episode because I think we're going to see the Mon Calamari planet where um, the squid heads and the It's a Trap Admiral Akbar species type, um, they're going to go to that planet. And upcoming, Sasha Banks. Can you believe WWE Superstar Sasha Banks? Oh, yeah, Sasha I can't wait for Sasha's episode. <laughs> my daughter's a big Sasha fan. Yeah, um, I know. I, I know? think the first two episodes, were, it's just all about setup right now. I, I agree with you. Probably the third, fourth episode will actually like really ignite the story uh, for the new season. Um, but it's really, I, you know, I think coming back, they want to just get you familiar with the characters that you love. Uh, and then introduce some new ones, which they did uh, beautifully in both. Um, but yeah, just kind of just get you, you know, hey, we're back. Remember us? Because uh, a lot of the first episode was had the same kind of beats as uh, the first episode of the first season. Right. And uh, similar, well, actually, well, this second episode was more of a filler, but still kind of pushed it along slightly. Filler. Um, yeah. But just good stuff. But yeah, just getting you reacquainted with the characters. Actually, I would say the second one kind of showed you the relationship with Mandalorian and, and Baby Yoda to a degree. Uh, because it was more of them self-contained, and then the new amphibian character. Uh, it was mm-hmm. that. It was a very minor cast in, in the second uh, episode. Right. So, uh, which kind of you know you get to have more of a chemistry build. Um, but good stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mandalorian. Love it, love it, guys. That ending of the first episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. That was. That was. Ooh, that was really good. Yeah, we, I, yeah, if we, I don't know, did we, did you already talk about it? Because I wasn't sure to spoil anything on that. Oh, but. no, I mean, it's, it's I turned it's, the volume down when we talked about it <laughs> last oh. week. I kept, I turned it down. I would turn it up, make sure you guys were done talking. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't get that, actually, did not get it that spoiled for me. You guys okay. can talk about anything, by the way. Like, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Other so. big Star Wars stuff, guys, on Disney Plus. The Lego Star Wars holiday special trailer just dropped, guys. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Looks that. like a lot of fun, man. It follows Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewbacca, Rose, and their droids as they commemorate Life Day, a joyous celebration on Chewbacca's home planet of Kashyyyk. That was introduced in the 1978 Star Wars holiday special, which, you know, it's kind of a cult classic. Disney Plus won't release that because... People deemed it very, very bad, but I guess true fans, you know, still think it's a part of Yo, Star Wars history. That first, the original shooting script for like the last episode 
of the Star Wars franchise, that like live action, or at least they say it's the last bullshit. Um, the original shooting script had so much more Rose in it, and I was like, she's my favorite. Like, I'm yeah. so upset, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I still haven't you know, seen the third. Characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I mentioned this on the show before, but the Screen Actors Guild Awards a couple years ago, I, I talked to Kelly Marie Tran and told her how she was such an inspiration for um, people of color and Asian American actors. Um, oh, and and she was that. so nice and very, you know, very cordial and talkative with me. And we, we had a nice little conversation. It just pains me to hear to hear about her being bullied. Oh, it's um, awful the way people treated her. You know, like it just... and, uh, she didn't deserve any of that. Mm-hmm. She's she's a great talent. Um, and she will be voicing her character in the Star Wars Holiday Lego special. Lego special. So oh, that's nice. awesome. That's also has a live action um, Disney movie. Um, coming up that kind of is like going to be a South Asian um, Disney princess. Um, that yeah, well, Raya, also be not live action, but animated. Yes. Uh, Raya animated and the Last Disney Dragon. Princess. Yeah. Yes. Yep. She's going to be I'm really excited. Yeah. Another score, another one for the Asian Americans. Yeah. Um, well, there's the Black Beauty reboot on Disney plus uh, trailer just dropped for that. Mackenzie Foy. Uh, stars alongside Kate Winslet. She voices the horse of Black Beauty. Um, this will drop on Disney Plus on November 27th. Um, the trailer looks really nice. Definitely um, a good family film to check out. Um, our, over on Netflix, another COVID um, production issue on The Witcher. Four cases of COVID-19. Um Four crew members tested positive, and Netflix ac- isolated a round of testing for everyone involved with the show's production. So season two is underway at Arborfield Studios in London, England, and Netflix will resume production once they have determined it is safe to do so. Um, the Witcher is still on my queue. I still have to uh, indulge in, in on that series. Has anyone watched The Witcher? Not yet. Don't say anything. Yeah. Because it's on my watch list. I'm just doing yeah, research for uh, I just hopped right into the first, um, but that was about it. It's, it's on a, a must-watch list as well. Yep. One show that I am watching is The Umbrella Academy. And they oh, just it's renewed, so good. They just renewed the show for season three, guys. Oh, they only three. just? Really? I figured that was already, like, in the can. I thought it was already, like, a done deal. Like, you know, sign, sealed, delivered, I'm yours kind of shit. I think it's official now. That's awesome. Oh, it's so yeah. good. I, my husband and I binged so it in like four days. It's, it's so good. Seasons. So good. It's, so a, good. Really fun show. So it's good. a real fun show. So much fun. Who, who knew Jared Way of My Chemical Romance was a, a writing genius? <laughs> I want to check out the comics. Oh, um, so my cousin just wrote back um, about oh. our Colin guest. He said, um, he said, yeah, hi, and I fought years ago, and he won. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> awesome. He said he's awesome. I love that guy. He's dope. So Aww, cool. That's awesome. Well, Al, you have something very interesting to talk to. I know. Javier. Such a small world. <laughs> that is a crazy small world. Isn't it? Ali, I know you're going to be really excited to hear that Emily in Paris will get a second season. That's official that's now, awesome. too. So, I love Lily Collins. Who doesn't, right? 
favorites. Yo, she's she's pretty awesome. I've heard she's great to work with too. She yeah. seems so nice, and I'm still so jealous of Al. Oh, because I got to interview her on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allie. <laughs> she's like my top celebrity I want to meet. Aw. Really? Day. Mm-hmm. One day, Allie, you'll be on the red carpet soon with me. <laughs> <laughs> after the apocalypse. Af- after uh, post- post-apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix Narcos uh, Mexico added nine series regulars to the returning cast. So look out for another season of that. Um, Millie Bobby Brown is going to be starring and wow, at 16 years old or she's executive producing a film. What? I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. <you> know? <laughs> that's pretty amazing. She's um, a talented, very talented. Yeah. So the fantasy film is called Damsel for Netflix. And of course, I guess she has some kind of Netflix deal because she um, starred and also produced in Enola Holmes for Netflix. Mm-hmm. And That's right. of course, Godzilla versus Kong. It's weird Net- hearing her talk in a non-American accent. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it is weird. Like when I, I I just like caught the first half of like the first episode, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You belong in Indiana. In Hawkins. Okay, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> and of course, Stranger Things season four. Looking forward to that when that drops. Same. As Can't that's wait. in production. Speaking of Stranger Things, Maya Hawk, uh, who's Ethan Hawk's daughter, and with Thurman's daughter, who's mm. in Stranger Things. She's fantastic. Will, will star with Riverdale's Camila Mendez. And nice. they're doing a film on Netflix called Strangers, which is loosely described, interesting, Stranger Things, and then a film called Strangers. Uh, but it's loosely described as subverted Hitchcockian dark comedy featuring the scariest protagonist of all, teenage girls. <laughs> That's what it says right now. This here. is pretty is that, accurate. Is that the one where she's also starring in with her dad? You know what? She, they, is she doing a right. movie with her dad? She's doing a is movie that... with her dad. Yeah, I, I think this is a different project though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Ethan Hawke and My Hawke are working together on a project too, but I, I believe it's a different project. We talked about that on the show, I think. Um, I think you're. Are you looking it up, Allie? Yes. Yeah, so it was. Let me see. While you're looking that up, Netflix has picked up the right to another indie film starring Jennifer Hudson and Calvin Harrison Jr. called Monster. It also uh, stars Jeffrey Wright, who is amazing. Of course, you can catch him on Westworld. Um, Emmy winner Jarell Jerome, Jennifer Eel, and Tim Blake Nelson. It's um, The movie Monster is based on a New York Times bestseller. Um, follows a 17-year-old student from Harlem who, whose world comes crashing down around him when he's charged with felony murder. Wow. Yikes. Wow, yeah. That sounds heavy as hell. <laughs> I'm not seeing strangers on her IMDb, um, but she was the good Lord Bird um, that she was in, also, uh, stars Ethan Hawke. Oh, so that might have okay. been. Great. I thought she was also going to be in a film with her dad as well. 
Or maybe it's just not, maybe it's not listed mm. yet. I don't know. The it Russo might not be listed yet. The Russo brothers, who uh, are the minds behind the Avengers, of course. Um, they're doing a terrorist war film called Mosul. Cool. And a trailer just dropped. Basically, it's t- called Iraq without Saddam, without Westerners, without terrorists. We need every bullet. We are the good guys. So um, it's a story about an inexperienced Iraqi cop who's rescued by and joins up with the elite SWAT team after ISIS takes home, takes his home in Mosul and murders his uncle. So um, the Russo brothers can do it all, man. Wow. Pretty impressive. And Vanessa Hodges has a new movie on Netflix. It's a sequel. The Princess Switch 2 switched oh. again. Oh, my God. The first, playing. it was such a cute movie. Uh, I yeah. Such yeah. a cute you Christmas movie. Yeah, my That's wife, my, me and my daughter dug that. The oh, did you? <laughs> Just a cute, like, yeah. Christmas film. Well, I bet you'll be guys will be watching on November 19th when the, the sequel will. drops. Yeah. <laughs> we will be. I'll let my daughter watch it with me. I think it, I got to hand it to Vanessa Hutchins for playing three different uh, characters. I mean, you know, it's not an easy task. So. Oh, she's okay. also Filipino, too. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. That's someone Hell I'm going to try to get on God. the show, Vanessa Hutchins. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you're the one that... Like, you're the one that told me that Haley Steinfeld is part Filipino as well. Yes, and yeah. so is um, uh, yes. Vampire Diaries star um, who played Jeremy, Elena's little brother. He's also Filipino. Yeah. Um, he's a quarter, I think, quarter Filipino. His grandmother um, was actually a Filipino actress uh, in the Philippines. Yeah, there's quite a few. And then Glee, um, Darren Chris is also Filipino. That's right. Wait, what? Yep. Um, yeah, he's half, he's half Filipino. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, like that. you were saying, like I feel like there needs to be so much more Filipino representation because even when you do see Filipino actors, they're always playing a different ethnicity. They're never yeah. playing Filipino. Like Filipino I, when actor. I've gone into auditions, I was either going in for white or Hispanic or yeah. everything but what I what I am Filipino. Yep, right. Filipino or even like South Asian, fucking mm-hmm. one of those. But Filipino is so hard to find. Well, actually, Ali, you should audition for the the horror film I'm writing. It's I'm trying to specifically find a Filipino. <laughs> there you go. That sounds okay. amazing. I will definitely definitely <laughs> audition for that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> as long as I'm healthy by then. <laughs> oh my god, babe! Oh, you're working on it. All right, over on Amazon Prime, Jamie Fox will produce and star in something. This is very dark. It's called The Burial. It's centered on the legal battle over a funeral home chain in the 1990s. Um, Wow. Jamie Foxx is, I I know he's got an upcoming vampire drama coming up as well. So he he remains really, really busy. So congrats to him and all his projects. Um, On Apple TV, an upcoming Apple series called The Shrink Next Door with Catherine Hahn. Um, as well as Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. Um, that's, I mean, great names right there. Uh, should be, uh, and it's inspired by true events documented in 
a podcast of the same name. It's an eight-episode dark comedy following the bizarre relationship between psychiatrist to the stars, Dr. Isaac Ike Hirchkoff, played by Rudd, and his longtime patient, Martin Marty Markowitz, played by Will Ferrell. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. That's a name. That's a hell of a name. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it? Should be a lot of fun. I feel like Paul Rudd never ages. No. I know, right? He's a vampire. He that's so, by the way, that's something Filipinos should take pride in. Is yeah. that hey. do, do age yes. <laughs> really well. Saw mm-hmm. that uh, rice, rice and fish. <laughs> yeah, right? Keeps fish us sauce. young. Yeah. Oh my. Um, Apple has unveiled, unveiled the caster's upcoming murder mystery comedy, The After Party. Um, the Lego movie duo, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, um, is directing this. It takes place at the after party of a high school reunion, with each episode featuring a retelling of the same night told through a different character's perspective. Every installment will get its own visual format and film genre to match the teller's personality. Wow, that sounds really interesting. And it's uh, starting... I'm so here for that. Sorry to sounds interesting, you. right? Tiffany Haddish will be uh, starring. Sam Richardson of Veep. Zoe Chow, Ben Schwartz, Ike Barinholtz, Alana Grazer, Dave Franco, to name a few. So that's really cool. And I'm really excited about this news, guys. Peacemaker, which is a spinoff of the Suicide Squad movie starring John Cena. They just announced the cast that will be joining. So apparently this is a prequel of the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. But um, John Cena describes Peacemaker as a douchey Captain America, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Jennifer Holland will be reprising her role as Mila Harcourt. Also, Danielle Brooks, who is known for her work on Orange New Black, will be joining the cast. Robert Patrick, that's a legend right there. Terminator 2, right, guys? He'll be a part of the cast as well. Chris Conrad. Um, So, uh, yeah. Um, Peacemaker is described as a man who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. And James Gunn. We'll write all ep- eight episodes of Peacemaker. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting that uh, they're, they're, I guess they're putting a lot of stock in, in this uh, peace, Peacemaker character because he was certainly a B, C, maybe even D-list superhero, um, but is getting the forefront on the HBO Max series. So that's pretty cool. I love that James Gunn is part of the Marvel and DC universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, He's and it's a fanboy. Just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And hey, he got he got past his controversies, and uh, you can only look forward and uh, into the future, and that's what he's doing, you know. Um. Also on HBO Max. Um. Well, the the one show I I really want to watch is Anna Kendrick's Love Life, and I now didn't know, but it's actually an anthology. And season two will be a completely different story and character, so Anna Kendrick won't be in the second season. But um, William Jackson Harper from The Good Place will be uh, top-lining the second season 
of the rom-com called Love Life. So mm-hmm. something that ch- we're checking out. Um, Ruth Wilson and Andrew Scott will start in a political drama called Oslo for HBO. That's currently in production in Prague. So Oslo is about the negotiations le- that led to the 1993 Oslo Peace Award, uh, Oslo Peace Accords. And it stars the His Dark Materials star Wilson as a Norwegian foreign minister, as well as Fleabag star Scott as Norwegian sociologist and Wilson's husband. So um, this will shoot in the Czech Republic. If you're a fan of The Outsider HBO, they canceled the show after the first season. Apparently, they're trying to look for a new network. Um, I never tuned in, but it starred Ben Mendelsohn and Cynthia Erivo. Um, but sad for the show if it doesn't get picked up, because we all know Cynthia Erivo is an amazing actress, as well as Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. Over on FX, Ryan Murphy revealed the new poster for American Horror Story Season 10. Pretty crazy mouth with fire engine rips and and very sharp teeth with the message ahs 10 tattooed on its tongue and uh wow no i tell you ryan murphy is it's amazing uh how much uh productions he's working on i mean you have you have all the american horror stories then you have all the stuff on netflix it's, it's just amazing that he's produced so much content wild um also on fx um nick robinson from love simon stars along kate mara in a limited series called a teacher um this is your typical teacher having an affair with a student um and uh nick robinson actually was trying to move away from the high school student films but he said that it felt like a very mature subject matter um, than your typical high school story. So, um, plus, I mean, you're working with Kate Mara. Oh my gosh! Um, but it's a new FX miniseries. You want to check it out? Looks pretty good, actually. Man, I don't know why anyone during a pandemic want to watch a show about the apocalypse or or a pandemic. I know. The hot mm. zone. <laughs> On Nat Geo is going to cover the anthrax attacks of 2001. Um, no. no, thanks. I just, this is not the right time for that stuff. No, out. thanks. A little too on the nose. A little too yeah. on the nose. Um, any reality TV fans here of uh, The Bachelorette? <laughs> I, I watched I it for like a hot minute when I was super sick once with like H1N1, but that was it. I well, used to love I, The Bachelor and Bachelorette and Laguna Beach, um, but <laughs> that's ever since like 2006, I've been over it. <laughs> I'm still a Survivor guy. I love The Survivor. Me too. Survivor's awesome. Oh, cool. You like out? Okay. I love Survivor I haven't watched and Big Brother. Forever. But I remember the first season. Bachelorette is uh, pulling all the diversity um, this season. As you know, there were two Bachelorettes. Claire fell in love with Dale and decided two weeks into the, the experience that she already fell in love and left all the other guys hanging. So then, then they had to uh, solve that issue. 
They bring in an, a new bachelorette who is, I believe, biracial, black and white, I guess. Um, her name is Tasia. She's absolutely gorgeous. And she's the second bachelorette of color. So that's one Only thing. the second? I know. I was just thinking the exact same yeah. thing. It's been on for like so, yeah, over the, a decade. The, the bachelorette that chooses. There's been, and we're finally getting the first black oh, bachelor. Um, for the next upcoming season of The Bachelor as well. That's so I hate to say this, that, like, like, it's taken that yeah. long. Yeah, like, I hate to took, say it, but, like, for the men, kind of makes sense that it took forever. But, like, for the women, for some reason, I don't know why that, it, but, it, like, it doesn't make any sense to me that they wouldn't have had that happen mm-hmm. sooner. Yep. Can you believe that? It's crazy. Like, I literally cannot. Anyway. And uh, Survivor, um, it's interesting you mentioned it. Survivor, uh, they want to supposedly um, – actually, let me pull it up really quick. This is a really, really good article. Um, CBS announced that it aims to diversify its unscripted shows by setting a target to make the cast of all such shows, of its unscripted reality shows, at least 50% black, indigenous, and people of color. As you know, Survivor, Big Brother, they haven't been too too um, much on the diver- – they haven't really shown us much diversity with the cast. Um, and the aim is to make the change beginning with the 2021-2022 broadcast season. So changes are being made. So this is for Survivor, The Amazing Race, Big Brother – all of which are remain popular draws for the network. So um, that is certainly positive news, guys, on that one. Um, anyone catch Saturday Night Live last uh, Saturday? No, no. Oh, with uh, Chappelle. Chappelle yeah. hosting. Yeah. It was, yeah it, was, it was cool. It was cool. It's um, they, it's like some skits are good, some skits hit. Um, but I, I don't know. It just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's not the same, you know, as previous seasons. I, I, I they're trying, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you got to give it to actors that can, you know, put things together in a week. Well, for being the fact that on this, especially for this past Saturday's one, we got the results that Saturday, you know, after waiting a week. So I'm sure they had mm-hmm. like other type of skits of, you know, about how this delay is occurring. We don't have anything yet. And then all of a sudden to get it Saturday right before taping that, okay, now we have this. And uh, I really want to give a shout out to, uh, if you did see the opener that they did with um, Kamala, whoever was like the, the wardrobe person totally matched. Cause I think they only had like a couple of hours when uh, I think at eight o'clock uh, Biden and Kamala spoke mm-hmm. um, and they matched the gear uh, or the wardrobe. Uh, right like on point for Kamala. So whoever did uh, Maya Rudolph's uh, costuming to match with what, you know, Kamala had on like only hours ago was just like butter. That's awesome. Like, give, give that wardrobe stylist props like, exactly, to wardrobe. some props. Please you know what I'm saying? Like you know, just everybody involved with production mm-hmm. to turn around. Yeah. Something I, you know, all of us are filmmakers and, and, you know, when you have to, you know, make something happen to get the job done and successfully, you know, you got to give them their props. Um, but yeah, it was a good episode. Uh, I, I like Chappelle's piece, but yeah, I, I think why, I, I don't think a lot of people get the message though a lot. Sometimes I think 
certain things go over people's heads, you know, but people are changing. Um, I thought it was classic, but I'm just, I'm, I don't know if everybody got what he was trying to say. And, uh, yeah, so, but we're, we're changing and uh, there's a glimmer of hope. So, yeah. uh, you know, times are, 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 are improving and things are getting better. You got to appreciate how they closely monitored the election results. Cause right before the episode aired, Biden has just, was just announced the winner. Yeah. And they were able to adapt appropriately, maybe last minute writing changes based oh, yeah. on the results, um, because it literally Biden and uh, Kamala were just announced as uh, the election winners. So, um, but, um, you know, I, <laughs> Chappelle's great though, man. You know, he's, he could never, uh, he could always add to uh, a skit on SNL, you know? So, uh, the um, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben skit, Count Chocolate skit was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was good stuff. Um, also on NBC, uh, Matthew Morrison from Glee taped a two-hour production of Dr. Seuss, The Grinch Musical. So another um, holiday-type um, musical of but version. didn't we really need that though i, I saw that as well i'm like yeah it's been overdone like we had uh benedict cumberbatch we had um, jim carrey, jim carrey we had all yeah. the animated stuff like there's so many and and i had to, you know you you went over all these different films my man and then yeah. stuff coming to like you know amazon prime netflix and all that stuff but like uh ugh. Can't we have like you know again like you have a Filipino panel right now like uh, I <laughs> when are our stories are gonna be told you know I what I'm know. saying just like, it's just the same war story the same this story with that actor what about you know you know the, these people over here these people over there are, are you know there's just a plethora of stories that are out there and I think uh, I'm just like. It just gets boring. It's like it's the same tired stuff, man. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a no. A this, Debbie this Downer. It's actually like, a great. Yeah, segue. You know, it's great. You have a great, a great group of people right here with our culture and just our representation and stories. Absolutely. Like, come on, man. Like, but this you know, is Hollywood. A, this is a good segue to the and your girl, next article yeah, I have. We got. It makes you. me sad. Is like, um, so I'm a huge book nerd. Like, I love reading. Um, and it didn't hit me. Like, you know, I never thought about it much sadly. Um, and I read uh, this book this year and it was amazing. Uh, he's half Filipino and it takes place in the Philippines um, about the, it's a fictional book, but it deals with the drug war and everything. Amazing book. And it hit me like the character, I could relate to him so, so much. And he starts talking about how like he had realized he had never read a book by a Filipino person or Filipino character. And it hit me then that I read like 50 60 books a year and I had never read a book with a Filipino character or a Filipino author and like it's it's starting there's starting to be more out there but it's sad that it's taken this long for any sort of representation like look yeah. trying to find like books by Filip like with Filipino characters or movies or tv shows it's so very hard. very slim small yeah. group yeah, I, I hunger for it, and that and that's why I like started up Show Pal shows to like highlight that and bring that to the table so people can become aware of it. Like we yes. are out here, we are doing it. It's just we don't get the distribution, you know. We don't mm -hmm. have platforms to do that, so we gotta support each other, create platforms, and make the 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 make the product known. Um, I think. But yeah, that's, that's you know what I'm saying. It, it makes it you know 
we when coming into this apocalypse of this year, just like <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, just like let all this other stuff be in my way. I'm going to search for it. I'm going to look for it. And like you, like the reality that you found reading that book and like, and how I'm sure amazing that book was. And it's like, was I got to so find good. for this. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I love that. You know, it sure. is just, you know, not to hate or put anything towards everybody else, but there's just a, uh, you know, just a, something that you find in yourself that like, wow. like Being able to see yourself. Yeah. In, it's important. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And this brings me a good segue to this. Filipino Media Network news article I have. So it's um, ABS-CBN Global announced a relaunch of its lifestyle content content brand mix. The relaunch will position it as a transcending brand with new shows and expanded digital distribution. The move hopes to reflect the shifting needs of Filipino Americans. This is pretty exciting, guys. We're excited to... um, Bring exciting new content and digital experiences to the nearly 110 million Filipinos in the Philippines and the 10 million Filipinos around the world who demand a premium quality entertainment. Mix, it's spelled M-Y-X, allows us to be more innovative as a company and to serve discerning needs of our audience more immediately. Wherever they are, we will be too. Launched in 2007, Mix is uh, distributed in 20 million homes via cable and satellite and has garnered 3 million listeners on its radio station as well. So um, nice. this so, is uh, more positive news. <laughs> New and shows I, like- I, I, I uh, uh, yeah, they, they were the guests on my episode, the show show that just dropped this past Monday. I had, oh, that's awesome. had the head of global music and talent, Rosa Alba Corbarubias with ABS-CBN Global and Mix Global. And then uh, Romeo Marquez Jr. with Collective Hustle. Uh, tomorrow is the, the is the relaunch. Uh, the Mixed Global's been around for about seven years. Uh, they're the MTV of the Philippines. And uh, yeah. yeah, you can tune, go to Collective Hustle. I think you can still get tickets to their virtual party. Uh, the relaunch is happening tomorrow. But uh, they were just amazing guests uh, to have on to you know to talk about this whole initiative that they're doing. And uh, yeah, it's it's their their whole intent is to reach. The relaunches to show us as Filipino Americans because so much uh, the, the kind of the feedback they've been getting over the past couple of years is that they've just always been all Filipino, you know, Tagalog and just everybody thinks it's just a Philippine show. But they're like, no, we're here for Filipino Americans, Filipino Canadians, Filipinos across the globe. And yep. so just relaunches to just kind of let us know as uh, Filipino Americans, it's not going to be it's an actually English uh, language now. Uh, Mixed hmm. Global is their, their English language channel to reach us, uh, since a lot of us don't speak Tagalog as a first language. I know myself, I don't speak Tagalog, which again, like I told you, I'm sad about because my mom in Italy <laughs> stopped that. Uh, Join that club yeah, too. They, they were beautiful guests. If you have a chance to check out uh, our episode that just dropped with them talking about this whole relaunch. Uh, but it, cool. it's happening tomorrow uh, and you can get uh, tickets to their virtual party. I'll be on the virtual party as well. And uh, I'll be a guest on one of their upcoming episodes uh, when this all all rolls out. Uh, But great cast, very amazing, very inspiring. Uh, They worked with everybody that you know that's Filipino in Hollywood and just good peoples all around. Uh, So shout out to Rosa Abaco Barubias and Romeo Marquez uh, over at Mix Global and Collective Hustle. That's awesome. 
Mixed shows have been previously featured celebrities such as Darren Chris, Joe Coy, H.E.R., yeah. Sasweetie, and Bruno Mars, along with rising Filipino talents such as Kiana V and Inigo Pasquale. And, uh, yeah, that's really, really, really exciting. So I think this is a good time to take a classic cut break. And when we come back, we'll be talking to actor Javier de Guzman. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony was last Saturday. And one of my favorites since a youth and still to this day is Depeche Mode. This is one of my favorite Depeche Mode songs, which just got an amazing remix several years ago by Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park. Depeche Mode. One of the greatest hits from their Violator album is Enjoy the Silence. This is the Mike Shinoda remix of Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. Congratulations, Depeche Mode, on making it uh, into the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, well deserved. So we're going to play the classic cut. We'll be back right after that. like violence break the silence come crashing in into my little world painful to me pierce right through me can't you understand oh my little girl all I ever wanted all I ever needed is here in my arms words are very unnecessary Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and BelowTheBeltShow.com. All right, that was the classic cut. Pesh Mode, Mike Shinoda, the remix, Joy of Silence. Phenomenal song to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, class of 2020. And I'm going to end the show later with another um, inductee in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just a couple of sad celebrity passings to announce. Longtime Jeopardy host Alex Trebek died Sunday after battle with stage four pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. His last Jeopardy episode is scheduled to air on Christmas. Um, he was working all up until October. Um, and uh, it's certainly sad. I mean, he is a legend in TV hosting. Um, and uh, very intelligent. I can't imagine anyone else hosting Jeopardy. Um, but um, yes, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Jeopardy. Um, yeah, Jeopardy is one of the shows I, I watched with my dad because he was very. <laughs> my dad was almost like a he's a trivia buff, you know, almost Mister Know It All kind of guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but sometimes I, I was on the um, on the receiving end of uh, guessing correctly, 
more so than him times was. <laughs> but uh yeah definitely sad that alex trebek is no longer with us guys um just a couple more names of uh, actors that have passed away include burke belasco who's an actor in the drama sports series pitch and bet sitcom let's stay together um died at the age of 38 the young age of 38 who's actually in virginia filming a movie and quarantining in a hotel prior to going on set. When friends could not reach him, hotel staff contact police, conduct the welfare check, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Mm. Damn. Um, Ken, Ken Spears, um, co-creator of Scooby-Doo, found, a co-founder of Ruby Spears Productions, passed away at the age of 82. Norm Crosby, comedian, whose fractured English won him fame as Mr. Malaprop. Passed away at the age of 93. British actor Jeffrey Palmer, known for his long-running series As Time Goes By. Butterflies and the Fall Rise of Reginald Perrin died peacefully at his home at the age of 93. Cheryl Tiano, agent who represented composers of film, television, and video games, died in L.A. from complications from heart surgery at the age of 59. And Elsa Raven, who was in the Back to the Future for a very small role. I mean, she appeared for less than a minute. But her Save the Clock Tower character stuck with the audience for a number of reasons. Not only she delivered a critical piece of exposition, Raven delivered in a way that was passionate and unforgettably honest. And Raven died at the age of 91. Does anyone remember her scene in Back to the Future? Not offhand. Yeah, she was uh, the one that said, Save the Clock Tower. Um Mm-mm. She approaches Marty McFly as he's about to kiss his girlfriend, Jennifer, shoving a collection can in their faces for donations to save Hill Valley's iconic clock tower, which was damaged 30 years prior during a severe lightning storm. Definitely one of the one of my favorite movie franchises is, is the Back to the Future franchise. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's been so long since I've watched them. They're a lot of fun. And being introduced to audiences now you can catch it on netflix i think i believe mm-hmm. all three back to the future films are available on netflix and with the death we have to celebrate life for those celebrating a birthday today and includes stanley tucci happy birthday stanley tucci is 60. oh nice happy birthday demi moore 58 today Clista flockhart um from alan McBeal, brothers and sisters and supergirl 56. Actor Frank John Hughes is 53. Carson Cressley of Queer Eye is 51. David DeLuise is 49. Actor Tyler Christopher Christopher is 48. <clears throat> one of my one of my uh, role models in the acting world is Leonardo DiCaprio. Happy birthday, Leo! 46. Still a bachelor. Still doing his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll always be a bachelor. <laughs> Actor Scoot McNary from Argo is 43, and actor Krista Bialen of Revenge is 29. Those are celebrity birthdays today. And we are now moving on to our special celebrity guest of the evening, guys. Did I, did I time this right? Or? You timed it. You, yay, you know what? Early is fine. We, wel- <laughs> we, welcome, you, we welcome you early. 
definitely better than late. Because <laughs> Filipinos, you know, Filipinos sometimes get that Filipino time going on, you know? Oh, my God. I can't um, get my grandma to go anywhere on time. So, Javier, uh, we welcome to Below the Belt show actor Javier de Guzman. Awesome. Please call me Chavi. <laughs> yeah. Chavi is, uh, is uh, the, uh, the informal name yeah. among friends. That's that's my informal informal thing within the industry, yeah. So for my credits, I'll go by Javier de Guzman, but like for for just chilling, talking, Chavi. That's Ooh, great. Chavi. Chavi. Well, Chavi, you'll be happy to know that this entire panel tonight is Filipino. Love it. <laughs> so we are representing. So that's, that's why we're really really happy to have you on BT. When does the Shopao interview come out? Yo, what's up, bro? <laughs> uh, it is gonna drop the week, uh, the week after next, the twenty third. You're gonna be the Thanksgiving week episode. I got you. I dig it. I dig it. But for below you. the belt show, Javi, you are because the Al was thing. doing this. His, I made a promise to Al that I wouldn't, uh, since he's the one that put me in touch with Ashley, that I wouldn't drop <laughs> mine until his drops. So, <laughs> you you have actually out of blame, which is why you're the 23rd episode. But you know, it just gives more time, you know. But it's good to see you again, brother. Yeah, and um, tell Valentina to accept my chess friend request. Oh, oh wow. Word? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, we we actually hit her up big time, and you'll you'll see us talking about you. That we talked to you up after our interview. Like we gotta have that happen. We're gonna make that happen, brother. I'll I'll let her know. <laughs> We're gonna do let's do a live game. Let's let's just do a live game. <laughs> bro. My ass. <laughs> so uh, Chavi. You know my cousin, Chavi. I know your cousin. You do. Um so you actually fought my cousin and you beat him. <laughs> and he said you were an he said you were a he said you're an amazing guy. So uh Benson Vertuccio. Wow. That's Hilarious. Where are you from? Um, so I'm from um the states. I'm in Maryland, but my entire family is in Toronto. So my my um my nanai tatai, all my um or my I actually call my grandparents nanai tatai, uh, but all my titas, titos, all my cousins um are all in Toronto. Um, awesome. but yeah, but Benson Vertuccio. Um, uh, I asked Allie's him, I was like, do you remember? Ass. Wow. <laughs> Shabby, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm going to take a sip from this mug now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Awkward. Okay. I can't understand. What? what? But he, said you're fan- he said you're fantastic. He said he. Oh, yeah. No, Benson's a great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've even partied together back in Toronto back in the day while I was yeah. still there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I no. love Toronto. I love going to see them. Yeah, especially with like the whole Muay Thai community, it's very small, so it's it's mm. nobody's really an enemy, if you will. We're we're actually more friendly than anything around each other because for one, there if there wasn't a Muay Thai community, there would be nobody to fight. <laughs> so it's <laughs> we take that into consideration. So no, yeah, no, Benson's a great guy. Awesome. That's awesome. It's such a small world. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny and those uh, those uh muay thai skills family by chance. Just, <laughs> just get it out there get it off your chest <laughs> well, well chavi those uh muay thai uh skills i'm sure were very helpful 
in your episode of the 100 when you fought Adina Porter. Yeah. Um, wow, that was a really cool scene. I watched a couple episodes of of your uh, the 100, and uh, I was really impressed. Really oh. impressed with some of the th- scenes you had. Um, and of course, how what was it like working with Adina Porter? I mean, I loved her in uh, American Horror Story. She's a great actress, and yeah. and how is it getting your ass beat by her too? <laughs> <laughs> She's she's all over the place. She was, and then she was in Outer Banks. She was yeah. in Morning. Um, but no, she's as an actor, she's definitely somebody that you would want as your scene partner. Um, she's very gracious as well as what's the word? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of exploration collaborative exploration that happens so as an actor um you can show up to set and you can have your choices and you can just go but she was gracious enough to put in some actual rehearsal time on her own time so just being able to do that alone um is something that any actor would appreciate so i'm, I'm super grateful for the experience that i had with her and and i learned so much in terms of just communication off screen as on screen so we were able to develop that whole scene like that that started happening from stunt rehearsals we rehearsed back at the hotel and then to make that happen but we didn't have to you know what i mean so the fact that she was gracious enough to let that happen was was definitely something that i will remember for sure (laughs) that's awesome awesome how did how, first of all, how did you develop the alien language that you used? I'm always fascinated. Oh, that's that's all written. That's in the script. Everything I said was written in the script. And it's it's fascinating because like yeah, it's 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 that same question that I always had, like watching Star Trek. Like, no, yes. they're just making that up. There's no way that's real. <laughs> the language that they made up specifically for the show. So when I first got that and I saw that I had to do that, it was a little daunting. Yeah, I can imagine. It's it's as it, it's the same process in terms of breaking down a script. Um, what am I saying in this moment? Um, how like what's my intent? So with that, that kind of gives me the drive of how I'm going to deliver these lines. Um, because it's at the end of the day, I'm, I'm speaking this language that I have no idea, you know, <laughs> right. in Texas. I don't know what the verb is. I don't know what the noun is. I don't know what I'm talking about. But then when, when I have like the translations behind it, I'm kind of able to put it all together. But no, it was, it was definitely a fun puzzle to kind of put together and, and kind of like what I was saying before on the show about interviewers, just like, I want to take that and just kind of like push it towards star trek and just be like hey look i can talk a made-up language what's up (laughs) hopefully they bite (laughs) we need more filipinos as decision makers in hollywood then it'll happen you know we need to get into those power positions there you go that's right alexis it's happening because like slowly yeah the disney short that just came out Yo, that Disney advert? Yeah. Bro, tears. Did y'all oh. see that, by the way? Did everybody no, else see that? No, what are Disney you? UK. 
Go to Disney UK. I've seen it a billion times. It's going to make you cry. Like, I'm now making parole making as a tradition in our family now. And my daughter's super excited to do that. I don't know if y'all have done it. I didn't do it before, but I always wondered about it. And now yeah. I'm going to do that. It just, oh, I had to call my mom, too. As soon as I watched it, Mom, I love you. <laughs> it's it's going to bring you to tears. Get Bring the tissues. What right. is it? I need to watch this after. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Love. Disney UK. Yeah, Google, like, Disney Christmas 2020. Advert. Yeah, something like that. Oh, but, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Like, Look, I'm I was just saying earlier, I mean, like, when you brought up, like, Patrick, when you brought up, um, all right, it's in my Google bar. When you brought up Yellow Rose earlier, I was yes. just like, you know, it's like the more, like, look, it's just like, you keep chopping Don't away, man. You keep chopping away. I haven't it's seen right. that yet. I haven't either. I haven't either. So I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> you know, the more you get, like, you just got to keep chopping away at it. You know, you just got to keep chopping away. Like yes. it'll, it'll happen. Yes. Of course it sucks. It's taken as long. Like it sucks. It really does. But we have to keep chopping away at it. We've got to keep creating, you know, from the director's standpoint, from the actor's standpoint, you know, you got to keep going, oh, yeah. you know, um, it's, and it's that's, a, you got to trust the actors too. It's a conversation that I've had a while um, in terms of diversity too, where, there's a lot of pressure that falls on the actors. Yeah. Um, and whenever I fall into this conversation, I, I feel compelled to always point out, especially when I hear other actors talking about the struggles of and the pressures of trying to live up to that word of representation, where if that is a, something that you are focusing on, directors and writers are the ones that have the power. Us actors, we, that's a lot of pressure on us to represent an entire nation, right? And to be quite frank, I'm not trying to solely represent Filipinos. I'm just trying to act. I'm just trying to be a good actor, right? And if I do that job properly, then by default, I'm going to be a good Filipino actor, right? So it's like, for me, myself, though, when I'm in the room and I see five other Filipino people, I, if I book the job, I've taken away the job from five other Filipino people. But if I'm a writer or a director, then I have the power to hire five Filipinos or to write in five Filipino characters for one story. Yeah. So if representation really is at the epitome of what you're trying to strive for, then I, I encourage people to go into writing and directing. Have you thought about doing that yourself? Oh, yeah. I have a whole bunch of projects that are just kind of like teetering right now but it, it just <laughs> needs it needs the right time that's that's all yeah. it is where that's i don't want awesome. to yeah yeah awesome well let's talk about operation christmas drop watch yeah. it today Charlie, yes. wow it's a very feel-good christmas film stars yourself cat graham alexander ludwig first of all how did you enjoy your experience shooting on a beautiful island in guam that must have just been paradise to shoot it was, it was, um, and well, like, and also that paradise kind of set into reality, like three hours into the shoot, because that sun is a different type of sun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. for me personally, I don't, I don't, I've never really, I don't even have sunscreen right now. <laughs> right. Sunscreen. But then there, 
it's like, yeah, no, on my face, on my nose, get it on my shoulders. And it's like this, it, after hour three of like a eight hour day, you're kind of like, yeah. Um, and then I, it was funny because there was a moment where I was like, I'm, I'm that guy on the beach with an umbrella. I was holding an umbrella because <laughs> it was just hot. I could feel my skin just boiling. And like even between takes every now and then I jump into the water and I just cool down. Luckily, because like for my wardrobe, it didn't really, I was, I was, especially in that first scene, I was, I was in the water, I was fishing. So like, right. like yeah, take your shirt off and try not to wet your shirt too much, but yeah, do your thing. <laughs> wardrobe was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was more, it was more hair. hair oh more. yeah. 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 That's, that's a yeah. different type of continuity. So like I go into the water and I just like go like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wash it and then just like let it down but like yeah hair was like with ad being like oh my god hair to channel one please for the love of christ get me chavi thank you he's in the water <laughs> whatever channel we're <laughs> how did you like working with cat graham and alexander ludwig oh man they're they're fantastic um i couldn't have asked for better scene partners especially for this project um they brought they brought fun to it and that's ideally what you always want to bring um even though the heat was as crazy as it was and cat also was pushing the initiatives to really get to know um the chamorro people and like she did interviews with them and stuff in between takes so she she was constantly on the go but she had a mission. She's she's trying to bring awareness to, you know, this entire project because it is based on a true story, true events. Right. So that was also pretty inspiring to see where not only was she filming a movie, she was also being a humanitarian at the same time. So that was pretty inspiring. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's a great mission. And in the Operation Christmas Drop is a real humanitarian mission and uh yeah. u.s air force base in guam they they really have this um a great humanitarian effort to deliver gift boxes uh, to the, the island people which i think is amazing and that scene when they were dropping off the boxes and the parachutes uh that was a beautiful beautiful scene man yeah oh this is the perfect way to to just seal it all off. And it's mm-hmm. the fun part about that was all the airplane stuff was real. They had the camera people in the airplanes filming as the airplane was flying, them yeah. pushing the boxes off was all real. And it's yeah. the views that you see, you're like, no, no, it can't be real, but no, <laughs> that's the ocean. That's the ocean and it's all real. It's so beautiful. How long were you filming there? Uh, the shoot there, um, not including like the Washington shots that they had to do, but um, it was at the end of June till the beginning of August. That's of, awesome. Of 2020? Okay. 2019. Oh, 2019. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot in terms of the post-production that they had to put into it. Um, 
here's a fun fact that I haven't told any other outlets yet, but you know, why not? Why not? Um, I'd say 90% of all of the dialogue on the islands, especially in the plane at the Air Force Base, ADR. That doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. Crazy though, like that amount, that much dialogue. So when I was watching it, I was like, I really hope you can't tell. But now that we, we did a great job, sound did a great job putting it all together, and yeah, yeah, all all fit that's together. But beautiful. That's great. That's just, did they have to rework a lot of the scripts, maybe as well, or just because of the conditions? No, just the conditions. It sounds like the jets were extremely loud. Uh, I bet. Especially that sound mixer was probably like yeah. When we were on the air force base, it was a functioning air force base. Mm, yeah. Oh, wow. like, so there's no hold for sound. There's no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no hold for plane. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's ADR is a whole sense. other skill set. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a whole it's, other skill set. Ugh. Like. As much as I love this craft and and ADR is a part of it, I think ADR is my least favorite industry. <laughs> uh, because it's I've I've had to ADR lines where like mid scene I'm I'm crying and I'm I'm in a state and I'm in an emotion and it's, right I gotta, I gotta reproduce this moment. So I'm just in the room just being like. Are you guys sure you can't understand me? Because I can hear myself perfectly. I don't <laughs> <laughs> sure we got to do this. So like, have you done I, much voiceover stuff? I have not, but voiceover, in my opinion, is different than ADR. Yeah. Because like, you kind of get to do it on the spot and live that right. on the spot. But for ADR, you're kind of having to recreate and the line just is very like, set. Yeah. Like revisiting that after. A month and a half of not even thinking about it and then all of a sudden you're in the studio got the headphones on it's like all right so put yourself in that place oh my god and it's just yeah crazy <laughs> how's the audition process for operation christmas drop um pretty standard pretty normal um went in the room gave them the island vibes and they did it. <laughs> it. I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure my hair is what got this role. Oh, Your nice. hair is fantastic. Your hair is gorgeous. Glorious. <laughs> Glorious. Really is. <laughs> I, 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 wow. do this, I do this thing where, and this one casting director up here like loves it. She's even reported back to my manager about it. Just like, oh, he does this thing where the morning of an audition, I'll wet my hair and then I'll wrap it up in a towel and then I'll go to the audition room and I'll be in the waiting room in a towel on my head. And then when it's audition time, when they call my name, it's like, go into the room. Any questions? Nope. All good. Cool. All right, let's go into it. And I take the towel off and then it's just like this sheen of wet hair just falls. And it's just like, (laughs) I think it adds to something, you know what I mean? It adds to that audition experience. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing this. So definitely did that that day as well. That's amazing. Yes, <laughs> they liked it. If, <laughs> if you were asked to cut your hair for a role, Chavi, would you do it? To be honest, 
Yes. <laughs> um, like the back of my neck during the summertime is just the most annoying thing. And I, I rarely wear it down. Um, only during interviews and if I'm um, talking, if I'm on set or if I'm on a red carpet or something, then it's like, okay, I'll, I'll put the hair down because I, I know it looks nice. So, you know, <laughs> I'll show it off. I'll, I'll flaunt I'll it a bit. It. But, like, yeah. as soon as this is done, nope, putting it back up. Um, and I kind of have, like, a ongoing joke with my manager where I'm just like, okay, cool. You, I booked this project. We're filming. If you don't land me anything when this project is wrapped, chop in this. <laughs> so, <laughs> he he loves it. And so with that, it's like, I guess it's he's he's making sure I'm I'm always gonna <laughs> always have a project. So lost. But no, yeah, like for example, one of the scenes that I always love going back to is in The Walking Dead. Yes. When he Favorite. cuts the in the bathroom, and that's like the turning point of when he goes insane. I'm just like, I want that. <laughs> I want that. I want that. <laughs> uh, transform within a show. Why not? But yeah, no, it's definitely something. That... Are you a fan of The Walking Dead? Is that a show that you'd like to? Um, I'm a fan of The Walking Dead up to a certain point of the final season. <laughs> coming up yep. i i can't say that i'm as a religious of a fan as i used to be okay. um because as much as i i've seen a few episodes of fear the walking dead and walking dead world beyond yes. but i just haven't had the time to just sit down and really take it in um i personally love the concept of world beyond because it's it's the next step like you have these towns and these villages that are growing and it's like you have a next generation that is safe but then it's now it's just kids being curious and i think that's such a great dimension to life itself is like kids will and that's that's essentially stranger things right you have these kids that are just playing around favorite show right there (laughs) And then they just fought, find themselves in this new world. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but I love zombies. That's 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 my thing. Um, I'll, always, I'll always have an affinity for zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a dream project that you want to be Ooh. a part of? If you had, like, could choose any dream project. Um, I wouldn't say I have a dream project per se, but I do have dream moments that I want to experience. And one project could encapsulate all of these moments if I get lucky. But like, for example, I want to have that litigation scene where I get to, I object. I want that. I want, I want my (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) I want to just fall into frame on my knees and just boom, just like (laughs) shit's about to go down. Sorry, can I swear? Don't know. Yeah, you can. That's why it's called below the belt (laughs) check. 
I want to have that notebook moment where it's raining and that romantic. Yeah, don't we all want that? <laughs> we all want that scene. Um, I who would be, who would be your scene partner for that rain who scene? Who would be your scene partner for that is a good question. Yes. You could pick any actress. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. That's <laughs> that's a really tough one. I I've never thought of that moment to that extent. <laughs> um, we'll come back um, to it. You gotta manifest it, man. Anna Diarmis. Yes. I am on an I am on an Anna kick so hard right now, guys. Like the next yes. like the future film I'm developing right now is literally I'm just like it's her. It's like I'm just. <laughs> Oh it's my her. gosh! Like, All I'm thinking I cannot, about. I cannot wait to see what she does with Marilyn. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mar- I have a Marilyn poster, and it's like her as a character. Um, she just has this presence that no other actor or actress has been able to encompass, and you you just have to kind of look at that and just kind of revere it Uh so the fact that Anna just does amazing work in general but I've always also heard her with the accent Mm -hmm. so with this I'm just again super excited to see what she does in terms of her accent work as well as the presence she brings to the screen because again Marilyn Monroe that's that's some Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm confident she's going to do something spectacular with it for sure. <laughs> awesome. 100%. One of your one of your career defining moments must have been Take Two as a series regular with mm-hmm. Rachel Bilson and Eddie Cibrian. Sadly, the show only lasted one season. But how was that experience for you overall? Oh man, it was like on every level it was it was fantastic um working with the executive producers that we did working with the directors that we did i learned so much because again ultimately i do want to get to that point where i am directing and producing as well um but yeah everything about it was just clockwork um the fact that it was also ABC, that budget kind of also introduced me to a new world of production that I wasn't really ever privy to. Sure, I've been on big budget productions from before, but now as a series regular, it's it's completely different. I I get yeah. that opportunity to sit inside the the in, inside Video Village and right what they see. I get to hear what the DOP and you know the director are talking about and what they want to do. So it was, it was oh, so fantastic. And it's like, especially with Rachel, it was, it was interesting because it's like, I'm in classes, I'm in studios and I'm studying and I'm doing all this work when it comes to trying to learn the craft and they tell you things of, of oh, you always got to ask questions. You always need to be exploring the scene and stuff. And there's so many moments where Rachel would ask why in the middle of like rehearsal and it just put two and two together in that moment where it's just like that doesn't change that's a constant as an actor you're always asking why 
and just to see her do it. Because like I always thought where, oh, I'm I'm this level actor, so I do this level work. But then it's the same formula as where Rachel Bilson was. And it's like, it's it's the same work. What? And it's just like, yeah. it was such an eye-opening moment for me within this industry. It's like, okay, cool. So it's all the same. And it's just like if you were to go back to the NBA, where a free throw is a free throw. you got to master the free th- There's nothing new. There's nothing different to it. But it's the it's the exact same motions as you do if you were, you know, in, in the G league versus at the finals at the NBA. Right. So it's like just seeing a t- top tier actors, Rachel and Eddie, just talking about a scene. It's just, it was a yeah. amazing learning moment that I'll never forget. That nice. Awesome. That's freaking awesome, dude. I love the OC, so just to oh, <laughs> who didn't love the OC. Love the OC. <laughs> so there, there's this one funny moment that I love sharing where it's um we were out just hanging out. It was it was Friday and we wrapped early and we're like, let's let's just get a drink. Let's all hang out. Oh cool. So we're downtown Vancouver and we're going from one spot to another spot and we're on the sidewalk walking and we pass by this group of people, like these partiers they're drunk and they're like stumbling whatever and they pass by us and then it it was the last two people in this group and these were like six foot five jocks <laughs> like you had the girls in the front of the pack stumbling laughing having a time you know you had their their boyfriends whatever and then it was like the two people at the back who you wouldn't expect it was just like they the guy just stopped and then he's like Hey, was that summer? <laughs> you know, just like all the people to notice, it was those guys. Okay. That's, 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 cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. And I want to talk about the play on foundation because um, it creates awareness for the field of brain aneurysm study. My yeah. aunt passed away uh, from a, a brain aneurysm and, um, and hemorrhage um, after that um, was uh, cognitively impaired for a couple of years, before, sadly, uh, before she passed away. So this is an um, organization that's uh, near and dear to my heart for my tita. Um, uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about your involvement with Let's Play On.org. Yeah. Um, well, like even, even in regards to what had happened with your tita, where it's just like Amelia Clark has her foundation where it focuses on brain aneurysm rehabilitation. So it's what happens after the fact, after you've hemorrhaged. And if, if they're, the doctors are able to get there in time and do um, any necessary surgeries and stuff, what happens after? Um, but then for the Play On Foundation, it's I want to focus on brain aneurysm prevention. Um, there it's, it's, it, there just has to be a solution. Um, even though it's, it's unknown just yet, like there's tests that happen. Um, even in regards to, for men, when it comes to prostate cancer exams, that wasn't a thing, right? Until research and money started going into this particular field. So I want to go into this and hopefully that 
I'm able to raise funds and allocate these funds and push them directly in the direction of brain aneurysm prevention research within that neurological field, because within neurology, there's so much money that goes into other aspects. Um, and with professionals within the field of neurology, they'll tell you where it's, when it comes to brain aneurysms, there's practically no funding that goes into it compared to all the other aspects. Mm. And that's essentially where I just want to try my best to make a difference where it's, it's a shame that the explanation that the doctors give you in the room is it can happen to anybody. And it's like, ah, oh, that's just, that's such a cop out answer. And so I, yeah, that's that's the goal with with me and my friends that started this, where it's just to raise awareness and bring awareness to the field of brain aneurysm prevention, where it is possible, and hopefully a solution comes. And I I would be more than thrilled if the Play On Foundation can be a part of that breakthrough in medical history. That's amazing to hear. And of course, you had a friend that sadly had passed away in 2013. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Nathan Noel. Um, and it's, it's funny cause it's like when I was younger, I hear brain aneurysms and you associate them with one of two things, either a severe traumatic event to the head or you're just old, you know what I mean? And it's like my friend being 25 at the time, it's just like, it, it was, it was just so confusing to me. And, uh, and it's like one of those things that again it just it, it just didn't sit well with the doctor just being like oh well it could happen to anybody and it's like no it can't you just put money into it if you do the research if there's like if you're 25 years old and that's that's the age 20 or 25 years old and that's the age where you go in to get tested like when you're they encourage when you're like 35 or 40 get your prostate checked even though you feel fine it's like right. get Right. So if they can figure out this age where it's like once you're this age, get checked, then hopefully maybe, you know, more people can be saved from it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Again, uh, let's playon.org is the website. Yes, yes. Yes. Make sure you check that out. Noble, noble organization. Um but um Chavi, man, it's a great interview on Below the Belcho, man. Wow, no, thank you for having me. Oh, this is great. Uh, we got to get the, the whole Filipino Christmas uh, family together to watch your movie, Operation yes. Christmas Drop. Do it up. You know, of course, the Filipinos do Christmas really well. We're <laughs> 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 all, about, all about big celebrations. So. I'm curious, though, as, as to what's going to happen this year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's like make it a big outdoor thing or, you know? Yeah. And if it is outdoors, we'll be freezing our asses off depending on where you live. In the yeah. world. Actually, <laughs> all of my family's in Texas. So driving down and outdoors will be great. Are you going to be in Toronto or are you going to stay put in Vancouver? Um, I still haven't decided yet whether I'm going to try and split it where I'm going to do one in Toronto and then one in, vancouver when it comes to christmas and new year's but it's looking like i'm going to do christmas back in toronto nice um, 
just because I got I got my my boys. We we had we've had this tradition since like 2008, where Christmas Day would be our thing. So it's like, and I've I've missed the last two years, and I, I just mm. we have a WhatsApp group where they post the pictures. <laughs> I hear about whatever happened, and it's just it's just it's kind of sad that I don't get to be there. But it's like at the same time, it's it's the sacrifice we make for trying to chase a dream. So yes, meaning yes. towards being home for that. Um, and then yeah, just come back to Vancouver and enjoy New Year's in Vancouver with just a couple of buddies of mine. Very nice, very nice. Chavi, before we let you go, if you could do a little promo for us, let sure. us know who you are uh, throughout the 100 Opera's Christmas Drop, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Cool, cool, cool. So like, uh, hey, what's going on? One of those things? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on? My name's Chavi de Guzman, and I play Knight on season seven of the 100 on CW. And you can catch me on Netflix on Operation Christmas Drop for a nice island Christmas vibe. And you're checking out the Below the Belt show. Woo! Brothers and natural, yo. wonder. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a snapshot. All right, ready? And three, two, nice. Alexis, your eyes were closed. I was let's blinking. Do it. No, no. Let's do it one more All time. Right, again. Come on. Let's see my Philippine <laughs> shirt. Three, oh, I love two. It. <laughs> and three. Right, this time. Three, two, nice. <laughs> okay, there okay. we go. Thank you for letting me do Is that. that. Better. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Chavi, awesome. thanks so much for being a part of the show. It's amazing. Yes, I look forward hey, to it. Hey, Chavi, pleasure to see you again, bro- brother. Pleasure, pleasure. Nice. pleasure to see you guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. Have a great night. Bye. All right. All right. That was Chavi de Guzman, guys. That's oh my still gosh. so crazy He's that so my great. cousin, he was so nice. <laughs> I can't, that's no, no, so no, but, like, funny that like, him, uh, your cousin. I cannot mm-hmm. believe it. And then they used world. to party. He said they used to party together in Toronto. See, mm-hmm. it's a small world, yeah, small world. Mm-hmm. You might be one of the people that he's referring to uh, partying up in Toronto for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that is um, that concludes tonight's um, below the belt show. Uh, it was an amazing show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank, of course, our panelists, starting with Patrick Strange. Hey, yo, salam all y'all. Thank you. Pleasure meeting you, Alexis and Ali. Um, if y'all have my information, please hit me up. I'd love to have y'all as guests on Show Pa Show as well. Yeah. Um, awesome. It's a pleasure meeting y'all. And hopefully, man, we can work together collabing since we're all Definitely. in the same industry. So yes. pleasure meeting you guys. Throw out these social media links for Show Pa Show. Uh, at Show Pa Show, uh, at symbol S-H-O-P-O-W-S-H-O. Uh, yeah, check us out. Follow us on Twitter, IG, and then we're at, we're part of the Nerds of Color. So at the Nerds of Color uh, is uh, uh, we're on the YouTube. The show is on the YouTube as well as uh, Uh So definitely check us out. Follow us. Uh, yeah, man, it'd be a pleasure to link up and uh, have y'all on. Definitely. Oh, I saw this too late. My cousin's like, um, he said, "What a small world." He's such positive vibes all day. Um, let me know where I can watch. He said, "Also, during the podcast, don't forget to surprise him and tell him a guy you spot in the past is your cousin." <laughs> I shouldn't have said who his name was yet. Oh, 
Ali Dodge, thank you so much for being Thanks a part of BTB uh, for another week in a row. I even oh, wore my it... Philippines shirt with the, the jeepney. Yeah. Oh, yo. Oh, my oh, God. I just noticed no, that. Dope. Dope, dope. Yes. Jeepney. Mm -hmm. jeepneys here have you guys now. rode in a jeepney before? I have. Not That's yet. awesome. It's, it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm overdue a trip to the Philippines when I'm able to. Oh, you've been out? Go. I have. What year did you go? 1992. Well, I was there 2003 to 2004. I was there for a month, and I celebrated New Year's 2004. Oh, cool. That's amazing. I'm overdue a trip. Let's go. I know, right? I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. My computer's going to do it. Yeah, straight up goals. Alexis Baroni, uh, thanks for being a part of the Alley sure. Dash already left the building. <laughs> Alexis, thanks for being a part of BTB. Of course, always, Allie. No, I love being here. <laughs> of course. It was great meeting you too, man. Like, this is right. wonderful. I can't wait. I cannot wait to collaborate, dude. Like, this is Oh, yeah, great. definitely link up. If you're on Facebook, hook, hit me up, all of that, man. Let's link up. All right. We'll do. I promise. And all right, course. pleasure. Thank you so much to Chavi de Guzman for an amazing interview. And closing out tonight's show, a pre-recorded interview I conducted with actress Oluniki Adeli, who you might have seen in American Gods. She's also in Titans. Um, she had one episode of Titans as Maddie Matisse. She's on Working Moms on Netflix. And she's got an upcoming movie with Ice Cube and Judy Greer uh, called Flint Strong. But she was promoting... A movie called She Never Died, where she stars mm -hmm. a horror comedy, which she won Best Actress at the Scream Fest LA. What a great interview to close tonight's show. And followed by another 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recipient, Notorious B.I.G., Juicy. <laughs> close it out tonight's show, guys. On behalf of everybody here, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Peace. All right, we have a very special guest tonight here on Below the Belt Show, actress extraordinaire, Oluniki Adeli. <laughs> Oluniki, it's good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Thanks for having me. First of all, uh, we I saw She Never Died, Ooh. and my goodness, what a film. Uh, the whole America gets to see it on November 15th on Tubi TV. I was lucky enough to get a sneak peek. Wow, a horror comedy like no other. <laughs> I have never seen quite anything like it. Um, your uh, character of Lacey has immortality, is a cannibal, mm -hmm. has superhuman strength and agility, and, and, and pretty much kicks everybody's ass. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, tell us about, about getting prepared for this role. Um, I mean, it, there's a lot of great fight sequences, fight uh, action scenes in this film. And of course, the character of Lacey herself is just, I can't, such an enigma. Yeah, she's an interesting cat, isn't she? She's yes. just, you, you can't peg her. You just, you can't figure her out. Um, um, but yeah, in preparation, I mean, physically, um, I'm always in preparation, really. Um, you know, I tend to be quite healthy and, and athletic. And um, so um, doing 
like martial arts and anything, kung fu, jiu-jitsu, or, the, or boxing. Um, that's usually a part of my workout regimen anyway. So um, to take on the stunts and, and so on, it wasn't a far reach. And also because of dance, like I was able to really accomplish quite a bit with the action scenes. And, and I am pretty strong. I am. I'm not so i'm not so bad in the tough department <laughs> all right it definitely yeah. definitely showed yes um what about getting to the character lacy i mean yes well lacy um um first of all i i wanted to bring to her an element of stillness at all times right the stillness is so still um very animal-like, so like I brought a lot of uh, like like jungle cats that just kind of sit, you know, and watch and observe. Um, I wanted her to have that element be because when she is on the other side of that spectrum, when she is in action and killing mode, it's quite ferocious. Um, and so, and and just like you never know when it comes to like a cat or whatnot, you never know when they're gonna just. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, that's what I wanted to um, build her base on that kind of animal. So she operates in that in that animal of just observing and watching. But also um, when it came to, yeah, just the, being just observant, being very observant and still um, being uh, like I also like observed uh, as well people homeless people I live in Toronto there's a lot of homeless people on the street um, and what they do in their every day you know uh, and yeah there's a lot of sleeping involved and also even when they're sleeping there there is a sense of protection that's around them um, you you know because they don't know who can hurt them while they're sleeping so it's all those little nuances um, to try and create her um, as well as bringing my own life into it of, okay, so I'm, what am I do? What do, what do I need to redeem? Like, you know, with the, the whole aspect of trying to redeem yourself from something, cause she is, she spends her time with mortals. She's emotional, she can't die. Her punishment is to be on the earth with other people that I can't, that can die and move on with life. And she cannot. So this, um, she's trying to figure out how to get out of this loop that she's in and then she meets these characters and we start the transition of how she's possibly going to redeem herself. I'm curious on the backstory. Oh. How, how, how does Lacey obtain her abilities? Well, I mean, if you know this, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story of Lilith, which is, um, she's the Lilith is, it was, was, was supposed to be the wife that Adam had before Eve. <laughs> right. Okay. She's so defiant with um, wanting a man to lead and wanting to be equal to Adam um, and wanting to, you know, express her own thoughts and desires and what she wants to do. Supposedly, she was banished for that. Oh wow. Right. That's why she Lilith is also um, a symbol. It, it, for fem, for feminism in a lot of different groupings, they would they would um, refer to Lilith because she is like that first feminist. Uh, so that is that is usually the Lilith backstory. So with with Lacey, um, without giving too much away, she had done a really terrible thing in her in a past life, 
And that had caused her to now have to live in a life of eternity. And it's this eternal loop. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else I can possibly say to that without giving too much away. Um, but yeah, like she's really in a, a really um, heavy, heavy, heavy place of guilt and remorse. Yes, uh, certainly. So, and, and Lacey's uh, very loyal to the people that you befriended, or I guess befriended is the best word. And um, you're very, uh, very cannibalistic to those that weren't on your side. Yeah. That's for sure. So. <laughs> and that's the fun part, right? Because she's also an unlikely hero, right? Um, right. As much as as scary as she can be um, and interesting or just um, um, removed as she can be. You want your rooting for her. You want to get to know her. You want her to kind of be your friend, but don't want to get too close to be harmed. But there's something about her that makes the audience want her to win. Yes, I certainly felt that when watching uh, the (laughs) film. Talk to us about shooting this film in Toronto, and this is your hometown. Uh, yeah. Toronto is pretty much the Hollywood North, right? Yes, uh, it a lot is. Of people are calling that. Oh, also Vancouver, British Columbia, but yeah, uh, they, they say between BC and Toronto. Would you certainly agree with that? That that's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's wonderful always to shoot at home. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's always it's it's wonderful. I mean, for me too. Like I, I also love shooting on location in different parts of the world. That's also quite extraordinary because I mean, you get to travel and you get to see how people live in different parts of the world. But Toronto is very special, of course, because I'm I'm from here, and I also shoot another TV series here called Working Moms, and so yes. it gives you those elements, right, of like what our city has to offer. So it's always yeah a, it's, yeah well cool I guess we could quickly pivot to the the working moms because I did watch the pilot yes and right away I'm 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 treated to a topless scene in, in the <laughs> opening pilot so that really got my attention it's hilarious <laughs> but you also play a, mo- a mom a, a young mom to a young uh, baby and uh, I also saw a sneak peek of your episode uh, on your reel as well when you were. In bed with uh, one of the the working moms. <laughs> I am a lesbian, <laughs> and I enjoy every moment of of playing one. So uh, wonderful because I mean it's it, you know I, that's what is wonderful about working moms too, right? She brings in different different kinds of moms, right? That are just trying to balance a home life, family life, and a career, and um, and that all sorts of women. Um, have to have to battle what it is to be a mom because I mean it's the hardest job in life it really is it's the hardest job and the um, society holds us accountable for that too unfairly I think um, so here's a show that shows you know the inner workings of what it's like to be a mom and also uh, it's playful it's it's comedy so everybody well not everybody but moms can really relate and and then take a good laugh at themselves by seeing themselves on on screen right so yeah yeah like it's 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 such a really good show to show everyone what it is to be a mom and to just make fun of it it's a big cosmic joke and and to relax and it's a f- uh, five seasons on Netflix, so 
Mm-hmm. Congrats on the success of uh, Working Moms. Yes, I mean, that's, thank that's you. Like the, that's like the key number five, right? I guess so. <laughs> if it goes five <laughs> seasons. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, you're an actual mom yourself, though, right? I saw your red carpet interview on YouTube with your daughter, and she's like a splitting image of you. It's amazing. Oh, my Lord, yes. <laughs> she really <laughs> is. And people usually, um, when she's by herself on the street, they're always like, oh, Nike? And she's like, no, that's my mom. And they're <laughs> always enamored of like, is that her? Is it not her? It's very cool, but she doesn't think so. <laughs> Is she also an actress as well? I mean, she dibbles when she wants to, which is okay. awesome. Yeah, but she, you know, she goes to university and um, she does like architecture and German or her majors and and African studies. So she she's got her whole life and everything that she's got going on, her own wow. business, um, curating black black owned um, beauty brands. So she's quite a busy millennial. One daughter. Right? Yes. Any, any, any other kids? I have, a, I have a stepdaughter as well. With stepdaughter my, as well. Yeah. Okay. So five. So we're. St- I'm starting that whole climb again. It's beautiful. Oh no, that's awesome. <laughs> um. So, uh, gosh, you have so much on your IMDb. It's amazing. Um. Well, I'm a big comic book geek. Uh, with with DC Comics and and of course uh, American Gods. That was Neil Gaiman. But mm-hmm. Titans. Oh, on yeah. DC, which is now HBO on HBO Max, I, I, I watched your episode today, uh, the season two episode seven, Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. episode. You played Matty. How did you like shooting that episode in a burlesque club? Oh, I mean, I first of all, I love burlesque. Burlesque <laughs> is insanely amazing creative art. It's so beautiful what the body does, the 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 seduction the playfulness it's it's the femininity it's just gorgeous so i i mean i i love the setting already um because i've done i've not done but i i've watched a lot of burlesque especially in new york when i used to live there and so i really appreciate um burlesque dancers and what they bring to the art form of dance and um but that was really it was a lot of fun everybody was really um easy to talk to and be with on set and um, things rolled through really fast, but it the what I enjoyed most is just that I was able to take that moment to really dive into the character and do what I wanted to do with it. And yeah. and I and you know and I remember when Minka Kelly came to me and she was like, "Whoa, you are wonderful to watch. Your stillness is incredible." And um, which was so great for her to do for a, an actress coming on to her show because I mean that's. That's what it is, you know, you want to invite other actors to come into your space to be safe, to be able to do their job. And she was really memorable that day of coming and doing that for me. Awesome. So mm-hmm. Did you get the chat a lot with uh, Ian Glenn? I did. Mr. Jorah Marmont from Game of Thrones. Absolutely. <laughs> and they actually played um, the guitar for us in set and as well. So it was really cool to just watch him sing and, and play the guitar. It was beautiful. Oh, wow. He must have really loved that particular scene that you're in. Um, Is there more of your character of Maddie to be seen in Titans? Not yet. I'm not sure. We have no idea. But, uh, I mean, it's open. It's open to bring her back. Um, But, you know, you never know with these things. And it's also, it has to do with scheduling and so, because there's there's so many things to, to, so many projects to still do. And especially with the pandemic, everything is 
up in the air of we don't know when what is shooting. So um, if there's a opportunity to to bring that character back and the schedule allows it, absolutely, because she's an awesome character to play. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to American Gods season three coming in January 2021. Mm-hmm. Your Shadows Mom. Yeah. What can you tell us about the upcoming season three? That it is exhilarating and insanely shock value worthy. Okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you're basically confirmed that you will be a part of season three. Yes, I, I do make my appearances because I am his mom. I'm, I'm going to always be making, there's always, he always has flashbacks, right? Right. Yeah. So it's always a part of his story. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Have you met um, Neil Gaiman? Uh, the, author, the author of American Gods and the producer? No, not okay. even. Oh, he's never been on set at the same time that I've been there. Okay. Yeah. I was he's such a brilliant writer. Um, oh, my goodness. I've read what a lot of his. What he did to a Nancy. Woo! Yeah. The Nancy oh. character. Woo. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I'm curious what's going on with Orlando Jones now. I know. That whole situation, you know? He's a great writer and he's a great performer. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He'd be fine, you know what I mean? But I like even just to even have that character in the in that series is a huge honor to the black community because uh, you know um, I've grown up with Anansi stories as a child, being you know in Jamaica, where Anansi it's it's Anansi stories are coming from Africa, specifically Ghana. So oh, I remember that book as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just now, like, to, for it to be playing out on, like, you know, as a character in a show. Right. It, what, it, what that did for the black community is astronomical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, wow, the projects, projects don't stop. We have Flint Strong. Oh, yeah. Uh, along with working with Ice Cube. Yeah. Judy Greer. Yeah. Character Jackie Shields. What can you tell us about this project? Well, it's uh, Clarissa Shields' um, story, The Boxer, um, her come up and, and her training and trying to win the Olympics. And then this is its first time the Olympics is the first time the Olympics have ever been a part of or sorry, the first time boxing has ever been a part of the Olympics. And uh, she aims to win the gold for America, and, but also she aims to get her family out of Flint, Michigan, because it's, it's a, you know, she lives in an impoverished area and it's tearing her family apart. And I play her mom, who has a lot of issues with, um, with alcohol and drug abuse. So Clarissa's aim is always to try and get her family out of the hood. Um, and save them and she goes and she does win the gold medal and everything but it 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 quickly shows you what it is when a athlete wins and who is the most desired for sponsorships and she finds out that she doesn't get any sponsorships and she still needs to help pay like she needs to figure out how to feed her family and and pay bills and it's just still a struggle and then she has to go back in to win 
the Olympics again in order for them to take note that she's a serious athlete that deserves sponsorship. So it's a real good coming of age story. And uh, Ryan Destiny plays uh, Clarissa Shields and Ice Cube plays Jason, her, her trainer. And so we already started filming in March, but then we had to stop because of, of the course. pandemic. So we're still waiting to go back to finish it. And of course we have the incredible Rachel uh, Morrison, who is the director and uh, Barry Jenkins, who's the producer. So um, it, it, it's a it good should, team. should do great, great, great things when it comes out. Did you share any uh, scenes with Ice Cube or Judy Greer? Um, I can't say yet. Okay. <laughs> That's good to leave it. <laughs> you, could say, you could say how cool Ice Cube was. I mean. Oh, my God. He is. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing I told him. It was because, I mean, he, he, Boys in the Hood is the reason why I got into the whole game in the first place. Because really? I saw, yeah, that was the movie that changed my life to let me, conf that confirmed to me that this is what I wanted to do. Um, Boys in the Hood, wow. Boys in the Hood is my favorite movie of all time. And so. That inspired um, you to act. It did. It did. Because I had I'd only known really my own existence as a teenager and like, you know, coming from a Caribbean home and being Canadian, I had no idea about the American experience, the black American experience. And so um, the 90s really brought a lot of films like that. And Boys in the Hood was like the, at, like it was a major, major deal at that time, showcasing, um, you know, in uh, marginalized black black people. And so. Yeah, when I had the opportunity, when you, when we were speaking, I was like, I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna pass this up. Like, you're the reason why I'm sitting here right now, and that means that I've done all the right things to be here, and I'm honored. And he was like, Yo, that's dope. And I go, and to Yo, my daughter when she was in high school, when I was showing her all the hip hop from the '90s, you're the one she like held on to, and that, that you're you're her favorite rapper. So I thought that was really really cool. And uh, yeah, he was like, yo, he's, he's telling the story about like when Boys in the Hood, when that dropped, and then they went to cons, and it's like these little guys from the hood, and they're doing all these stuff all over the world. I know, it's wild. And, yo, this is awesome. And then he's like, and then the next movie, I was like, yeah, we got to do the same thing, right? And it didn't happen. <laughs> it's like, it didn't happen. And so he's like, you know, but he goes, but this film, this going to cons. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! Very cool. Like wow. Let's go. Let's get a movie. You know. So, um, where are you shooting Flint Strong, and what? When do you resume production? Um, been shooting in Detroit and in um Toronto. Okay, good. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So you've been back to set since the pandemic. Uh, how how would you say things have changed with all the new protocols in place? With um, well, yeah, there's been a lot of change, um, distancing, and um, definitely like temperatures before you go on set. We test twice a week for COVID, and um, we also like you know we have the shields and the masks, and uh, we only remove them when we're right about to to perform. So. It's definitely a, a huge change, um, and it makes you focus more on what you've got to accomplish without, you know, all of the distractions from the pandemic and what has to be done. But it's okay. Everybody's been very safe, and it's, uh, you know, I don't feel unsafe ever. And, um, yeah, we're still lucky that no one has contracted anything yet, and, and um, they, do, they do their best to inform us regularly. 
Okay. Yeah. Good. Because I, I was told you were on set this week, so. Yes, I am. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Which project? Uh, yeah, I'm never usually worried. I'm not worried um, because they do such a good job of protecting everybody there. So. Are you allowed to say which project this is this week? Right now, we're, we're, we're doing Working Moms. On working Moms. Now, nice. yeah. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Five, yeah. Very, very, very nice. Yeah. Let's still just pivot back to um, She Never Died. Yes, please. Um, director Audrey Cummings. Uh, how, how is it like working with Audrey? How's her directing style? Well, she's fantastic. Um, she, I would call her an actor's director. Very nice. She knows exactly what she wants. Um, she knows how to talk to the actors to pull whatever she needs out of them. She's very patient, a very patient human being. Um, and she is very dedicated to telling the truth of the story. Um, and she's also quite loved. She's just, it's like she's a little girl in <laughs> candy store you know she is so joyful on set because she's it's like i can't believe i'm doing this you know what i mean like oh, cool. and, um, we're, we we are the same we are very silly and um and focused at the same time we got to work together on a film called darken that's oh. when we met um when she saw uh. me oh my gosh you are doing every single thing i do from now on <laughs> She wasn't joking. We had a long conversation today, and she's like, oh, I've got two projects. One that Tim Roth is, like, the producer, and another one, uh, another, like, uh, 12 or whatever million-dollar movie. Um, and she's like, I already got your characters, so, like, hang tight, because we have this pact that no matter how big or small the role, I've yeah. got an appearance in everything she does, kind of like a Tarantino and, like, Samuel J Jackson, so... Oh, uh, that's, that's we're, we're cool. buddies for life. Yeah, we're buddies for life. So the fact that you guys worked on another project together, did she just approach you? You didn't have to audition. Not she for just, no, for Darken. I did. That's the first time she ever. But no, met. for the for she never died. Did you have to audition? She came straight to me because they they brought her on because it was going to be he never died a sequel. Um, like he never died too, but like the Henry, the actor from the first from the first film, he had scheduling conflicts. So then the production decided to change it to She Never Died. They brought Audrey uh -huh. on in, and Audrey says, I'm not doing this without my actress, Olu. So, and then she nice. called and I was in Jamaica at the time on a beach, <laughs> literally. And she's like, Olu, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in Jamaica on a beach, what's up? You know, and she's like, uh -huh. oh, but hey, I got this thing for you. And um, she's like, I'm not doing it without you. So she pitched to me, I was like, let's do it. Like, I trust you, I trust the projects that you bring forth and like, you know, it's gonna be great to work together again. And that was like, I came back home and it went, was right into it. And she wow. also was so great about scheduling the film around the other two projects that I was doing at the same time. So I had That's to do good. three of them in three different cities. It's, so it was crazy um, to go back and forth to do three different roles. Ooh. And also carrying a whole a whole movie, and so all production productions knew that I was doing that. So everyone accommodated to know, like I had to sleep on the on the trans, like you know, transferring to another set. I just yeah. on the way there, morphing into a different character, re like like taking off one character, and by the time I get to set, then I'm ready to go into the other character. But I mean, they all accommodated, which was wonderful. Did you feel being the lead of a feature film was a challenge? Um, of course, it's always going to feel like a challenge because you always feel like mm -hmm. you're an imposter, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. oh, we got it all wrong. But I mean, once you once we got flowing, uh, 
It was more fun than anything. I didn't even think about the challenges. It was more like, what are we doing today? Because it was so much fun to do. And we did it in 15 days. Wow. 15 (laughs) days for an entire feature film. In 15 days. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. So there was no, there was no time off. And even if there was a day off, I was on another set working those days. So there was no days off. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, the the results are there. I, I enjoyed the film. November 15th on Tubi TV. Everybody will get to see this amazing horror comedy mm-hmm. um, called She Never Died. And uh, Olinike, wow, thank you so much for oh, being a part so of fun. Below the Belt show. And uh, if you could, before we let you go, mm-hmm. let us know who you are. Yeah. For, uh, she Never Died, uh, Working Moms, whatever projects. And let us know that you're on Below the Belt show. Okay. Hi, I'm Olunike Adeli, and I am on Below the Belt, and uh, I'm I'm going to be starring in She Never Died. That's coming to Tubi. Um, that's November 15th. And get on Tubi because it's like Netflix, but free. And uh, yeah, I've done projects like Working Moms, Titans, American Gods. I'll be soon on a project called Flint Strong. And there's another one I cannot even say right now, but that's a, another big Hollywood film as well. So, you know, keep a lookout. I'm here. You can always find me on Twitter and, and Instagram, Olunike Adeli. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys, you know, online and talking to you again. Olunike, you're amazing. And you're so pretty too, by the way. Oh, wow. thank you. Very lovely. Thank you so much. That's right, Olaniki. Thank you so much for an amazing interview on Below the Belt Show. You have a great night. You too, you too. Have a beautiful, beautiful night. Bye-bye. Bye. Fuck all you hoes. Get a grip, motherfucker. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey e. B, Kick Capri Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski I'm blowing up like you thought I would Call a crib, same number, same hood It's all good uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga uh. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and BelowTheBeltShow.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye,